0: See. Wake up Springfield on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO.
1: I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party.
0: It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Because Tonight,
2: is gas rationing the answer?
1: Yeah, well, Fargo, do you, know, do you know what environmental racism is? Right. Was what we're
3: they were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio wave. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lives per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death-on-demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer my question? Yeah, how many lives
4: per yeah. sentence? Mm, scary.
0: This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don loser and producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560
4: KWTO way road magic your fingers
3: Yes good morning this morning good morning my people Good morning all across the land. It is Tuesday, June the 27th, 2023. It's 536 in the AM. You're listening to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri house. I'm joined by Cass Bowen-Anderson, our executive producer, and Don Luzader, our news director. And it is Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Old Moody Blues song there. Um. We've got a great show for you here today, as always. Tim's top three at 6.05, 7.05, and 8.05. We'll have the all-important AccuWeather update just after 6.15. Jeff from AccuWeather delivering all the weather news you need to know, courtesy of AccuWeather.com, about the impending heat wave that could be stretching across the land. Let's see if that forecast has changed at all. You know, yesterday was a really pleasant day, and it cooled off last night. Only 62 degrees here in Springfield but we were warned yesterday about this slow warming trend throughout the week. And it looks like we are still on track to have some heat. Yes. Now, today is going to be another day where we're still going to have, you know, low 90s. But midweek, the temperature gauge starts to spike. The mercury starts to head north. And I think we're going to have a few days of heat, said. But it's going to be short-lived, according to AccuWeather.com. Jeff will give us all the details on that and make you weather aware uh, you're not going to want to leave pets and such outside. You're going to want to hydrate really well this week. It is dry. It is hot. And that means you need to be careful because uh, we haven't had this level of heat yet. So all of that, it's 615 after our 615 break at 635. We'll speak to none other than former Missouri state representative, U.S. Marine Corps retired, Paul Kirtman. Talk to Paul about the strange turn of events in Russia you know there is two very different schools of thought about the Russian mutiny that wasn't some believe that Putin was challenged by Prigozhin who is the now arguably according to some accounts retired leader of the Wagner group that he has gotten his six plus billion dollars he's retired to Belarus folks he's out he's done I would be too there's others that think the whole thing was a false flag operation. I heard Cash Patel last night on Larry Kudlow's show saying, "You know, you know, it, it's tough to it's tough to argue that anything's a conspiracy theory these days when all of our conspiracy theories over the last three years have become true, right? All the things that we unlearned that the uh, the uh, the bobbleheads in Washington D.C. try to impress down upon us." From lockdowns, we're going to save the planet, to masks work, to the kids should have been out of school and sitting at home uh, right in front of an idiot box all day, right? So Cash Patel last night arguing on Larry Kudlow that uh, the whole thing was a setup by Putin to uh, enrich Prigozhin because he wanted to retire. And then Prigozhin turned over his Wagner Group troops, these ruthless, extremely skillful paid mercenaries to Putin. So Prigozhin gets what he wants. Putin gets what he wants. And uh, they're all done and they just played everyone once again. I don't know. That's just a theory. That was a theory that Cash Patel gave last night on Larry Kudlow's uh, National Fox Business Show. The other side of the coin is that, no, this was a serious challenge to Putin and it was avoided. But Prigozhin needs to watch his back and that Putin. Now, but but the whole thing. So we have a we have an uprising. We have a mutiny. We have a march on Moscow. Then we have a resolution of the conflict, and everybody disappears and goes away, all within 12 hours on a Saturday. I mean, I find that to be a little odd, don't you? So we'll talk to Paul Kirtman. We'll get his analysis and assessment of this at 635, along with everything else going on around the globe. Chris Arps, uh, my partner up at News Talk STL. Chris is also of Newsmax fame. We'll talk to Chris about the ever-developing 2024 map nationally. And here in the state of Missouri, and are the walls finally closing in on the Biden criminal crime family? Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris really thinks that this is uh, the the turn of events we've seen with all of these. uh, There's just seems to be there's there's the drip, drip, drip against the Biden family has started to turn into a steady stream. Will it become a tidal wave or not? We'll talk to Chris Arps about all of that at 715 at uh, 8 fifteen we're going to talk to Gabe Pfeiffer aka Saint John the philosopher, our black Christian conservative rocket scientist we're going to talk to Gabe about the submersible sub wh- whether that was doomed from the very beginning or not, given Gabe's, uh, Gabe's a uh, as I mentioned Gabe's a black Christian conservative rocket scientist what could go wrong but seriously, Gabe really is a rocket scientist, a graduate of MIT and uh, although although flight and space, and the air is more of his domain. I think he knows a thing or two about mechanics and engineering, and we're going to ask him about whether the submersible sub, the Titan sub, which uh, met its untimely fate last week or two weeks ago now, uh, was doomed from the start as salvage operations are now beginning in earnest, and uh, they're going to be making an assessment of that, so maybe folks will never have to experience such a disaster again. There have been Not that I'm encouraging it and not that I'm ever going to be interested in it, but um, there have been many, many, many. There have been dozens and dozens of trips down to the Titanic in other such vehicles that have never had a problem. So maybe this one was just doomed from the beginning, as I said. Um, Speaking of 20, speaking of 22, oh, and then we'll have the morning dump at uh, 845. Speaking of uh, the ever developing 2024 field, a candidate has emerged in montana uh we've been we haven't spoken we haven't spoken about the u s Senate races in a while right so that was probably the biggest blemish and the 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 most the the, the, the darkest spot on election 2022 because you know <clears throat> at the beginning of the 2022 cycle, if you remember Most prognosticators, myself included, told us, told you that um, the the map was very difficult for Republicans, that it was going to be a difficult Senate year, and we could very well lose some seats in the Senate, and gaining the majority was was going to be extremely complicated. We thought we would get the House, but we thought the Senate would be a battle royale. Well, then there was a lot of developments throughout the cycle where suddenly the polls started shifting and turning, and people started thinking that Republicans would actually win the Senate, and that they would win a bunch of Senate seats. And then they didn't. So I guess the initial prognostication on that was correct, right? And that everybody kind of got their hopes up and maybe got over their skis a bit, uh, and then ended up being 1000% incorrect uh, when the rubber met the road in the election. So this time around, the US Senate map is much more favorable to Republicans, and there are definitely some seats at several seats at risk for Democrats. One of them being Montana. Well, a former Navy SEAL has stepped forward to challenge current sitting U.S. Senator John Tester from Montana. He's definitely at risk. You can just watch his voting pattern. John Tester has voted with Republicans. I would argue more in the last year than he probably has in the last ten. Tim Sheehy, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Tim Sheehy. You're gonna hear. You're gonna start hearing this name a lot, folks, as we get into uh, 2024. Tim Sheehy, businessman. Firefighting pilot, former Navy SEAL, sounds like a real live Indiana Jones, is answering the call to serve and officially launching a 2024 campaign for the U.S. Senate in Montana. The Republican officially announced his candidacy exclusively with the Fox News Digital folks, calling for a new generation of leadership in his bid to unseat vulnerable incumbent, according to Fox, John Tester, like I told you, of Montana in 2024. It says this is one of the most closely watched races of the 2024 cycle that could likely determine whether Republicans gain a majority in the Senate. This guy looks like he kind of looks like um, there's a picture of him and he kind of looks like Val Kilmer's character from Top Gun. Seriously, he does. He looks like striking resemblance to him. So uh, here's a guy I think that's going to be that already is a badass in serving our nation. And he's stepping forward to serve our nation once again. So that's gonna be uh that'll be a very interesting battle royale up there and over there in Montana. All right, we got lots to get to this morning, as as you know. Have either of you, Cass, have you uh Cass, you or Don ever been to Montana? That's one state I haven't been to.
5: Never been.
1: Not Never But been. I've watched a lot of Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there,
3: there you go. You kind of feel like you've been to Montana. Yeah. So <laughs> so Cass, have you watched the original Yellowstone series and the other companion series or what have you gotten through at this point?
1: I've gotten through the first four seasons of just the <laughs> of original Yellowstone,
3: the original yeah. and nothing else. I watched, I was on an airplane somewhere and from somewhere to somewhere and they had Yellowstone on there, but they had, they had the other companion series. So I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to start at the very beginning. So I, I fired up the first 1883 episode and it was pretty good uh, i got through about half of it and then we landed and i have n- never gone back but the the opening scene of 1883 is really rough to get through uh is it, it like combines a
1: scalping like an indian no, scalping
3: no no it combines a lot of the themes as to, you know a lot of times we romanticize the past and the old west it it uh it highlights a lot of the themes of things that they were experiencing in the late 1800s no it was it was um it was the, uh, and I'm not really giving anything away because it's the opening scene. It deals with the ravages of disease uh, oh. on the frontier plane. Mm. And the main character uh, of that series, good old Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, who's always looked old and always looked like an old cowboy, uh, he ends up having to torch his family home because I, they don't really explain it. They maybe explain it later on. It appears that his wife and daughter have gotten have been gotten by the pox or whatever the disease was at the time. Very sad opening scene, where he carries them up into the upstairs bedroom and then has to light the house on fire. Like he and kills I, and them? I, and I, no, they were dead from oh, disease. They he died burns and, them and
1: with the house,
3: he needs to because the disease would just spread. Like if you didn't, if you didn't burn the bodies, whatever it was, I don't know if it was bubonic plague, Yeesh. but but whatever it was, very like a heart-wrenching opening scene because he's, he's obviously emotionally racked by all this. And so then, so that happens. That's just kind of like the opening. And then the story goes on and he hooks up with uh, a group of, I don't remember if they were Amish or Quakers or pilgrims or what they were, or um, they may have been Mormons. They may have been Mormons. Uh, I don't remember. Group of folks with religious, you know, deep religious convictions. They want to make the journey across the West and uh he and his buddy are going to help take them across, so I'm guessing that he's one of the one of the descendants of the Yellowstone family in the main the main uh the main story but like Faith Hill, but like Faith Hill is in eighteen eighty three and Tim McGraw and like yeah, all, they, it's another faith it's another Tim cast McGraw, of thousands
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure they're supposed to be like the original duttons or something but <laughs> I don't, I won't watch that because I don't really like old westerns because they're all sad. Like, I love, I love Little House on the Prairie, but I also hate it because there's just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. I feel like life was just difficult.
3: For- it's amazing that we survived. Yes, it's amazing that our it's it, that's why you should watch it. You should give homage to your descendants. Uh, it's it, it, to our ancestors. It's amazing that our ancestors survived, right? With with everything that they had to deal with, la- with many of the disease, <laughs> disease, uh, a disease, uh, lack of food, water, um, just the ravages of illness, hygiene. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> that any of us are here today. And you know what? All God praise them, right? I mean, the, 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 the people don't realize in today's world how easy they have it. We really don't. And all these lunatic leftists who sit around and navel gaze and war, wonder about what gender they are, freaking wake up, grow up, grow up. You know, if you have a pair, keep them, you know, <laughs> don't cut them off and get on with life, Right. So, anyway, let me not get off on that soapbox. Woo! Don, did the Cardinals play? They didn't play yesterday, right? Yesterday nope. was an off day, right? They, they were, were traveling off. home? That's correct.
5: Yeah. They'll open a series tonight at home against the Astros.
3: There we go. I'm going to go see them on Thursday night, although it's going to be a 1,000 degrees. Oh, so yes, it will. Thank goodness we have access to the indoors uh, with that. With oh, that, yeah, with that's nice. Because so, otherwise we wouldn't be going. <laughs> Is that one of those all uh, right.
5: all-inclusive deals? Like, do
3: you get uh, like a uh, yes. buffet and all that stuff? Yes, we, bought, we uh, bought some tickets at an auction, so we, nice. it was for a good cause. So we uh, bought some tickets at an auction and, and uh, get to go uh, experience the Champions Club. And we do have seats nice. outside, but if it's actually going to be 100 degrees on Thursday, I don't know that we're going to be seeing the seats at all. So, Correct. you know, we will see. Yeah. I feel, always feel for the players. Now, I know they're getting paid millions of dollars, but, you know, if you stroke out, then uh, it's no good. So, yeah, they, they always they, I know they have a lot of cooling mechanisms now oh, on yeah. the field these days, but on the field... It's going to be 115 degrees. I've actually
5: so. been in the dugout before with some of those fans going, and they have some monster fans uh, in the
3: dugouts. Yeah, got to stay hydrated. All right, 5.50 in the a.m., time for us to have a national anthem. Cass, who do you have for us today?
1: Chris Stapleton.
3: Excellent way to start the day. Chris Stapleton here. Land of the Free because of the Brave at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Therefore, we treat you as you wake up this morning on a Tuesday with our national anthem.
4: Oh,
3: and you see
4: by the dawns of the light, for oh, so proudly we hey, hail at twilight, last gleaming, whose broad stride. And bright stars through the perilous rolls by all the rain.
0: That was the old regime.
6: Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO.
0: We're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass and anderson on three three and AM 560, KWTO. In
1: 2017 What's Up message. Whistleblowers, whistleblowers allege that the younger Biden was sitting right next to his father when he was seeking demands from a Chinese business associate. The New York Post covered today, it begins testify, then details how the House Judiciary Committee seeks to speak with six witnesses who were told by Delaware, attorney david weiss last year that he lacked authority to charge the first son outside of delaware and was denied special counsel status that is seen to contradict sworn testimony from attorney general merrick garland whistleblowers alleged that the justice department fbi and irs interfered with the investigation into the biden family that revelation followed the so-called sweetheart deal that will likely keep the president's son out of prison
3: oh who's lying who's lying Because someone's lying, folks. (laughs) You're like, tell us, Tim, something we don't know. Yeah, someone's lying in D.C. Oh, what a profound statement, Jones. Thanks a lot. No, seriously. Someone's lying. So either Merrick Garland is lying, likely, or David Weiss, the, quote, special prosecutor who was supposed to be looking into Hunter Biden's nefarious dealings and recommending prosecution or not, and six other people that he spoke with are lying. So either Merrick Garland is lying Or seven people on the other side of this equation are lying. Yeah, the drip, 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 turning into a steady stream of complicity up there in the swamp. We'll continue to unpack that throughout the morning as the walls may be closing in. That's what the lunatic left would say. So let's say it about Joe Biden and the Biden criminal crime family. Tim's top three up next. The AccuWeather update just after the 6.15 break. And... Former Missouri State Representative, U.S. Marine Corps, retired Paul Kerman, on an interesting twist. I told you I was right about this, coming out of Mother Russia. Next, 93.3 AM 560, KWTO. The Fourth of July is an important holiday for all Americans. Hi,
2: this is Joe Cordell of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. For some husbands, however, in troubled marriages, holidays are marked more by hardship than harmony. If you're such a guy and considering divorce, know all your options, including alternatives to divorce. We advise, we advocate, and when necessary, we litigate.
0: The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. 600 Kelwood Parkway, Suite 310, Town & Country, Missouri, 63017, CordellCordell.com.
5: Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. We are, for the most part, a reactionary society. If your neighbor has a break-in, you think about getting an alarm. If your buddy gets laid off, you say, I better buckle down at work. If banks start closing, you may want to ask yourself if you should keep most or all of your money in a bank. It may be time for a portfolio protection plan. It may be time to have a little personal gold reserve. Call my friends at the office.
0: illegal aliens have been released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM
6: 560, KWTO. It's time for Tim's Top. Well, in
4: 2024,
3: in the race for 2024, the polls have rebounded for Donald Trump after two indictments. Recent polls have him looking at smooth sailing as far as the primary goes. And Remember the talking point back just a few months ago that uh, we needed, uh, we, we had to have Ron DeSantis, Republicans did, in order to beat Joe Biden. Well, those polls have tightened to the point where it's Trump and DeSantis pretty much tied with Biden in most of the recent things. So, we've got a long way to go, folks. These are interesting to look at day-to-day, month-to-month, but we've got quite a bit of time before we're going to get to 2024. The voters will decide, starting in Iowa in January of 2024 how about we do number two well lending to the quote conspiracy theory that the whole thing was concocted russia this is brand new folks this is hot off the wires from about five minutes ago russia has dropped charges against progosian the leader of the wagner group and against all of the participants of the rebellion so wait a minute let me get this straight We're supposed to believe that uh, Prigozhin and the Wagner group were going to cause a mutiny and going to take down Putin, and like two days later, none of them are charged with anything? It's really interesting. This whole thing is very, very complex. We'll talk to Paul Kirtman about it at 635 and see if he's got any indication of whether the whole thing may have been a false flag operation from the outset. And how about we do number three. As I mentioned earlier this morning, somebody's a lion up on Capitol Hill. You're thinking to yourself, yeah, tell me something I don't know. New emails. So not just some kind of crazy concoction in Adam Schiff's brain, not the Russian collusion evidence that never comes forward. Actual black and (laughs) actual black and white emails contradict Merrick Garland on the Hunter Biden probe. So once again, either the attorney general of the United States of America, Merrick Garland, is lying or the special prosecutor who was put in charge of investigating Hunter Biden, who just got an incredibly, ridiculously insane sweetheart deal. Given the five plus year investigation and the potential charges he was facing, just for what little we know was on the laptop from hell, either that special prosecutor and six other people that he spoke with are lying. Uh, I'm going to go with the former as the walls are closing in on Merrick. How does Merrick Garland not get impeached at this point by the U.S. House? That should be priority number one. And that's Tim's top three, number one, part one, here on a Tuesday, June the 27th, 2023, 6:10 a.m. in the Heartland.
7: I owe silver away.
3: Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Sorry. we have also got some news from um, the world of commerce. How to destroy an internationally recognized beloved brand and never recover from it. There's a report out this morning from uh, business analysts who expect Bud Light to permanently, as in forever, lose one quarter of its business due to Transgate. Oh, my goodness. Trannygate. Can I say that on the radio? I think I just did.
1: If I were Dylan Mulvaney, I'd be glad I'm not getting sued, <laughs> or that marketing director. Honestly, it's not Dylan Mulvaney's fault; it's the marketing director. I'd be glad. I'm, yeah. i Does Does she still have her job? Do you know?
3: I would hope not. I I don't know if they I don't know if they put her in a back office or if they terminated her. They should have. Uh, I'm looking for a pen. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> they should have terminated her. She just disappeared. So I don't know if they put her in a back office and said start counting these these paper clips or uh, start counting these (laughs) bottle caps uh, or if they terminated her. That's a great question. I'm not sure. But can you imagine? I mean, I was never a fan of Bud Light. I didn't think it was a particularly good beer. But a lot of people liked it because it was, you know, very low in calories and it was basically water, kind of beer-flavored water. But, um, you know, a lot of people liked it. It was always good. You know, it was fun at parties. You you, you always – I'll tell you where I always saw Bud Light – uh, in the golf tournaments I play, that's what was always out on the course. You know, it's easy, cheap. Everybody knows it. So they just throw it in all the coolers on the course. Well, that those days are over because, um, you can't, you literally cannot give Bud Light away. I mean, they, they've got deals now where you can buy like a, the big cube of beer, you know, the big 30 pack. You can buy a 30 pack of Bud Light for fourteen ninety nine, and then submit a coupon for 15 bucks so you're basically making a penny on your deal. You know what I mean? It's like they they can't give it away. That's what they're doing in some in some place. And you know what I feel bad for I feel bad for all the people down the chain from from the manufacturer Mama's from AB Invest, yeah, the distributors. The distributors who are stuck with all this stuff, the retailers, you know, what do you do? You got all this beer that's just sitting around in your coolers going bad. Nobody wants to buy it. Uh i uh <laughs> I came across um I have that little cash you know I have that little office in downtown Eureka uh-huh and it it's two years old now, but like two years ago somebody brought some bud light in for like a meeting in the evening and they just left the leftover in the fridge and it's it's in the sealed tall you know the tall uh aluminum uh Bottles, the aluminum bottles, the 16 ounces, you know, and I just threw it in one of the refrigerators. So it's been refrigerated, but it's sitting there for two years. And I opened, I opened the fridge the other day. I, I don't, I'm not down there a lot except for meetings. Like I'm not down there at night much. I opened up. I'm like, Oh, there's Bud Light in here. What could I do with this? What what fun thing could I do with this? You know, maybe something involving a 22 gauge or something, you know, so, um, (laughs) but I'm like, Number one, it's two years old, so it's probably bad anyway. But I sure as heck ain't bothering drinking it, so I, didn't, I just need to get rid of it. But uh, that's make, the only a light in my video.
1: make a funny video, make a funny social media <laughs> post of you like taking it out into the street and just demolishing having cars it. run
3: over it. Yeah, I should do like an Alex Stein video, <laughs> you know. So or maybe I could get Alexandria Ocasio Cortez to help me.
1: Go get a rainbow um, tutu and like a bow that you would put on a little mm-hmm. girl's head. Um, dress up the the Bud Light cans, oh. make a little mm-hmm. pyramid, and just start <laughs> this is like chucking acne. <laughs> you're gonna have
3: to <laughs> you're gonna have to come over here and help me with this. So, so yeah, can you imagine losing? Can you imagine? I mean, it's not like Bud Light was just some random mom and pop shop brand. This was an international beer brand, and so therefore you're talking you're talking billions of dollars worldwide on an annual basis for sales of Bud Light. And you're now losing 25% of that forever. Now, this analyst, like any analyst, could be wrong. It could bounce back. I hear that they're trying to resurrect it with some like hardcore, we are Bud Light kind of campaign. But I heard they brought back, I heard they brought back one of the most kind of random uh, ad campaigns they had. The Bud Knight. Remember the Bud Knight commercials? K-N-I-G-H-T. I kind of remember that one, but like, why would you bring back something a lot more fun, like the frog? Spuds McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie. Or the wasabi guys, you know, wasabi. You're like, why don't, why don't you bring back something like wasabi. that? Maybe you need to, maybe, well, yeah, wasabi. Wasabi. maybe you need to like make all your Bud Light cans like camouflage and have like Kid Rock be your spokesperson. Maybe <laughs> that would go. do it. They needed the up it.
1: dynasty guys to come in and save yeah. the day.
3: The Duck Dynasty guy. So they they could say, okay, Bud Light has hired us to deliver, first of all, this apology, you know, and like do like a real heartfelt apology and then be like, all right, let's be honest. Bud Light's a great brand, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think that's the only way. But they have yet to really apologize. Remember, they had to the, kind of had that tongue-in-cheek apology, and then all the leftists got mad, and everybody on the common sense side of the aisle was like, "Yeah, we're not really buying that." So, I'm with
5: you, Tim. I think you have to apologize and market your apology in a major way.
3: Yes, yes. I think you have exactly. I think you need to do that, and you have to really mean it. Because at this point, it's all they've all it's, everything's been kind of half baked. Because now they're not trying to offend anyone. I'm sorry. You may have to offend some people if you want to get your traditional, usual, devoted users back. That's for sure. It is 616, nearly 617 in the heartland. That means it's time for all the weather you need to know after Don Luzier's traffic update. That is now and next. Jeff from AccuWeather, just around the bend to learn what is in store for us the week ahead as the heat starts flowing into the heartland. Here at 93.3 AM 560, KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center.
5: We are getting reports of a crash with possible injuries at the intersection of Kearney and National in Springfield. Watch for police on the scene, possibly an ambulance on the scene there as well. Also Americans.
8: Someone do something about it.
0: 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Nice throw.
5: think we're going to have to uh, worry about uh, the snow for a while we'll be okay there jeff from AccuWeather <laughs> joining us this morning and jeff uh, happy uh, summer day to you sounds like it's going to be another warm one in the ozarks today
9: pretty nice we got uh, sunshine pretty much blue skies for the day and then uh, we're expecting some stronger storms to push through uh later tonight and i can time that out for you in better detail here uh we're going to see the complex of storms develop uh, pretty much over the southern portion of kansas into uh, just north parts of oklahoma and that's going to be around uh, almost midnight Then as it pushes eastward, we'll see the effects of it uh, by the early morning at about 4 a.m. This is 4 a.m. Wednesday, pushed through uh, southwest Missouri. And then by the time most people are waking up, and I say most, um, it'll be in the eastern part of the state.
5: Jeff, what are the hazards we can expect with these storms? And where is the threat, the greatest threat for severe weather with these storms coming in from Kansas and Oklahoma?
9: Looks like the greatest threat is going to be uh, the hail and damaging winds, and uh, it's mainly going to be across the southwestern part of the state. Um, central Missouri could see some as well. I uh, can't rule that out, but the the total totality of the storm, like where it's strongest in Kansas and northern Oklahoma, is going to be over um, Missouri. So... Uh, what develops in northern parts of Missouri, those are just going to be some heavy rain, and there's of course, can be some uh, thunder in there, too. Uh,
5: what about the Springfield area? I know we're kind of uh, sandwiched in between from the Weather Service anyway, uh, level one and level two risk. Uh, what are you expecting, and what time do you expect these storms to hit Springfield?
9: Well, so as I mentioned, it's early morning Wednesday, about 4 a.m. It's not during the day today. Um, so it, it's going to be tomorrow morning, and that that's kind of how they're – you know, the SPC, it's a 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. You know, that's how they organize it. So the threat of severe weather exists in that time frame, um, or not 12 a.m., excuse me, uh, 12 Z to 12 Z. <laughs> so that's actually, if you want to really, really get specific, that's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Gotcha. But um, that being said, we're looking at hail and damaging winds for southwest Missouri at about 4 a.m. Wednesday.
5: Okay, very good. So once we get that out of the way, what can we expect tomorrow?
9: rest of the day tomorrow, we'll see sun, maybe a few clouds lingering just from that system, and it is going to be even hotter. The high goes up to 97 degrees. Uh, also, will be a pretty windy day, too. The winds out of the south, 10 to 20, could occasionally gust beyond that. So keep that in mind as well. And then the rest of the week, sunny and blue but hot. Uh, we get even into the 100s. We'll be at 103 on Thursday and 100 on Friday.
5: So uh, we'll definitely be, uh, sounds like breaking some records later this week.
9: Uh, one day for sure on Friday and uh, most likely on Thursday, too.
5: All right. So, and then uh, we talked about a little bit about the humidity and what kind of humidity we can expect with the heat. What are we looking at uh, for Thursday and Friday with the humidity?
9: Uh, definitely going to be up there. We got those dew points in the uh, upper 60s, low 70s, so it is going to feel yeah. pretty sticky out there. But um, yeah, honestly, it, it's brief, so the humidity is going to be there uh, more for tomorrow and then into Thursday. But Thursday, the humidity will, in general, be on the lower side in the mid-60s as opposed to near 70.
5: Okay, well, that's a bit of a break. Then, uh, Then what can we expect as we head into this weekend, Jeff? Well, heading into the weekend, we're going to start seeing uh, some chances
9: of showers pass on by. It is going to be pretty light on Saturday. Now, it's going to start off cloudy, and then uh, across northern and central Missouri is where the heaviest rain is going to be. But then it it brings itself down in the late part of the afternoon, so around 4 to 5 o'clock. And that's just going to be a brief, you know, thunderstorm or two. And then Sunday and Monday is pretty dry. We got partly sunny skies, Sunday 90 degrees. And then on an overall cloudy day Monday. We'll see a peak or two of sunshine at ninety three.
5: All right. So the uh, the hot weather is definitely ramping up, and we will keep a close watch on those storms overnight tonight into tomorrow morning, Jeff. And uh, we'll uh, do an update tomorrow uh, to see uh, what kind of damage uh, any of those storms may have caused. So we'll talk to you again tomorrow, and thank you for the update. Hey, by the time I wake up and get into the office, I'll have I'll be watching it happen. There you go. So you can keep us uh, updated in real time leading up to 6.15 tomorrow morning. Jeff, thank you as always. Appreciate all your help with uh, watching the weather for us. Hey, no problem. Take care. All right, you too. So there you go, Tim. There is that opportunity uh, to get some severe weather in parts of the Ozarks uh, overnight tonight, as Jeff said, maybe coming in around 4 o'clock tomorrow morning.
3: You know, as long as there's no hail or thunder or hail or tornadoes, I'm fine with it. Bring on the thunderstorms. <laughs> well, the you know? good news is we it can...
5: doesn't look like we're going to have any tornadoes. We could have hail, but it doesn't look like tornadoes.
3: Yeah. I don't no. want any more hail. You know, no more, ha- no I more know. hail. Please. You've had enough yeah. of that, haven't you? We, uh, <coughs> yeah, I, pur- I purposely have been waiting to, uh, we've got all our bids in and stuff, but, um, I've been waiting to get, uh, I need to get a vehicle fixed and I need to get the home fixed and we've got all the bids in on all that, but, uh, I'm just waiting for these storms to be completely over with because, you know, you know the, we're still in summertime. We still have some hail. So, folks, be careful. But hopefully we'll get some drenching downpours. Hopefully we'll get some really there you nice go. rain. Need that. Hey, before we get to our um, 630 break here, Don Lusader will have all the local news you need to know at 630. We uh, have some news about Fox News. Uh, Jesse Waters, maybe this was the worst kept secret. We We talked about this. Why was this a surprise? Why was this an announcement? But uh, we, we've talked about this for a while. I guess they just made it official finally. Jesse Waters of uh, Jesse Waters Primetime has been now picked as the replacement for Tucker Carlson's primetime spot as Fox has continued to bleed viewership that over the a last choice, few weeks. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what I think about Jesse Waters. I like him on the five. I, I like Jesse Waters as, as a panelist or as part of a discussion. I'm still not overly wowed by him running a show, but you know what? He's kind of growing on me. I don't dislike him. I, I think he's just a little. He to me he's all. It's like, it, I I get the sense Jess, Jesse's like always making a joke, you know, and I'm never quite sure if he's making a joke or not. But I do like him. I think I look. He's the only choice they've got, right? Gutfeld's not Gutfeld's not going to do a primetime spot and give up his his nighttime show. That that Gutfeld is where Gutfeld needs to be. But I think Gutfeld would have been the only one to do that. And again, I don't know if I don't know how Gutfeld operates without an ensemble either. Gutfeld's really good with that ensemble cast, whereas Jesse Waters is already got some reps under his belt as to running a show by himself. So I think it's a good pick. I, he's no Tucker Carlson, but nobody is. But I think it's I think it's what they could do to stop the bleeding. The real question now becomes: Who fills all those spots now? Like, what happens next? How does the lineup get shuffled? Like, who do they put in the seven o'clock central spot? Does anything happen with Hannity? or Laura Ingram, that story has yet to be told. We'll continue to monitor that and more. 630 here in the Heartland. Don Luzader with all the local news you need to know. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to Paul Kirtman about Russia dropping charges against Prigozhin. Yeah, they dropped charges like 24 hours later against the guy who was going to, quote, take over the country. Follow the Bongino rule here, folks. Don't make any prognostications on complex international foreign relation affairs matters until all the facts are in. We'll talk with Paul Kurtman about the facts as we know them next. 93.3 AM 560
0: KWTO. 93.3 AM 560
5: KWTO News. KWTO News time is 631. Fair skies, 60 degrees in Springfield. A sunny, warm day today with a high of 91. And then... The thunderstorms making their way into the Ozarks late tonight and at the overnight hours. The thunderstorm complex will be coming in from Kansas and Oklahoma. Uh, they will be pushing into southwest Missouri late tonight, overnight hours. Damaging wind gusts will be the main risk. Some of those winds at 60 to 70 miles per hour and hail up to the size of quarters. The far southwestern part of Missouri, from Joplin down toward Anderson and Pineville under a level three enhanced risk for severe weather. Springfield and Branson and much of the Ozarks under a level two slight risk. As you heard from Jeff from AccuWeather, it looks like uh, those storms will be moving into the Springfield area somewhere around 4 o'clock tomorrow morning. We'll keep you up to date on any watches and warnings. Part of Campbell Avenue in Springfield shut down after the pavement buckled because of the heat. Campbell near Normal Street remains closed while crews repair the damage that closure expected to last until about eight o'clock this morning. Southbound traffic should use Grant Avenue in that area. Northbound traffic should use Bennett Street and Jefferson Avenue. A judge ordering a woman from Aurora charged in a crash that killed four motorcycles to be held without bond until trial. Teresa Manetsky is charged with DWI, resulting in at least two deaths. Investigators say after the crash, Manetsky told a police officer she had taken several anti psych One, you better be there. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Join me weeknights from 9
0: to
8: midnight on KWTO.
0: You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO.
3: This official word from Russia's Federal Security Service's confirmation of the deal reached on Saturday when Wagner Group members were just 120 miles from Moscow. A statement says the participants stopped their actions directly aimed at committing a crime. President Putin had described the apparent rebellion as treason and a stab in the back, then offered Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin a way out. He's agreed to exile in neighboring Belarus. Yesterday, Putin said the fighters were mainly patriots who'd been misled. The Russian Defense Ministry says Wagner is preparing to hand its military hardware over to them. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. There you go. The worm turns over in Mother Russia. Let's talk to our next guest about that issue and much more. We are looking at a grand slam home run.
7: Ladies and
4: gents, this is the moment oh. you're
7: oh,
3: I'm sorry, State Representative Paul Hartman. <coughs> I
7: never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few.
8: One of the biggest and best things about 2022 is so far, we've all realized that Anthony Fauci is not, in fact, the science.
3: As he does on Tuesday mornings, Paul Kurtman joining us once again. Former Missouri State Representative, U.S. Marine Corps retired Paul Kurtman, Paul, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Paul, last night I heard Kash Patel, who was the former, who uh, served as the chief of staff to the acting U.S. Secretary of Defense under President Donald J. Trump. So he's a guy well steeped in foreign affairs and international relations. He was on Larry Kudlow's show, Paul, and he was talking about a theory that he had about the alleged uprising and mutiny in Mother Russia. And he said, look, This may not be popular opinion. This may not be conventional wisdom. This may be a conspiracy theory. But given the fact that most of the conspiracy theories have come true over the last few years that we've been told by the egghead elitist in Washington, D.C., he said, here it is, basically. He said, I don't think this was a mutiny at all. I think this was a false flag operation. I think this was a staged coup. And he said, look what happened after it. So we're supposed to believe, Paul, that in the space of 12 hours— Br- who is the who was the leader of the Wagner Group, staged a mutiny, then suddenly ended that mutiny a few hours later, then suddenly a few hours later retires to Belarus, $6 billion richer at the hands of allegedly the Ukrainians. And now, Paul, we wake up with the headline this morning, Russia, the day later now, has dropped all charges against Pregosian and all the participants – of the Wagner group rebellion. Paul, what do you think's going on here? Well,
8: I I don't know, Tim, if this is necessarily a false flag. Um, I don't know what Putin stands to get out of it unless, unless the amnesty involves those 25,000 Wagner group troops joining Mm. the Russian military. So if, if it, was a, if it was a false flag, the only thing Putin could get out of it is having all those troops gain their amnesty by actually joining the Russian military. I don't know if that's happened yet. If that hasn't happened, then I think that really what might, the likely scenario is that uh, uh, Progrosian has 25,000 strong military who are way more stronger, apparently, than the whole Russian military. In fact, I don't know if you've seen these headlines, Tim, but the Wagner Group troops have actually taken other Russian soldiers prisoner in Ukraine and tortured them and, and in mm. some cases even castrated some of the soldiers that they captured. So this is an incredibly ruthless, uh, very uh, very ruthless, bloody group, and apparently they have no allegiance to anybody except that group. This is, this is actually pretty fascinating to watch play out. But I think that what is more likely the scenario— is uh, Prigozhin uh, probably realized uh, exactly who he's dealing with and the fact that it's not just Russia uh, that he's staging a coup on, but also China's involved in this too, uh, and all the other allies of Putin. And so 25,000 strong military, you're going to be a military without a home. Nobody's going to give you any place to exile to. And so this is probably a pretty good deal that he took if he wanted to keep his skin But on the flip side of that, he's going to be watching his back for the rest of his life because, again, he's just made a deal with the devil. And uh, a lot of people that make a deal with the devil of Mother Russia wind up being dead or poisoned or somehow disappearing under mysterious circumstances later on.
3: Yeah, Paul, let's uh, remind people that it it appeared that – and I think think that's a really good theory you just espoused there because – Purgosian's battle, Purgosian's beef, per se, was never with Putin himself, was it? It was with Sergei Shugo, the minister of defense, who who Purgosian ran afoul of, or Shugogo, or Sh- Shogu ran afoul of Purgosian. The two of them did not like each other. And so mm-hmm. uh may have been saying, all right, I've had enough of Shogu. I'm going to go march on Moscow. Well, Putin realizes that's going to cause a lot of problems for everyone. So then he inserts himself buys Purgosian off, potentially gets, as you said, 25,000 extremely ruthless, well-trained mercenary troops to beef up his forces, quote, exiles Purgosian to Belarus to enjoy his uh, wealthy retirement, and Putin has averted a disaster. So there may have been something really going on in the beginning, but Putin may have worked something out, but like you said, everybody better watch their back now moving forward dealing with one of the most sinister former KGB agents to ever walk the planet.
8: Yeah, that's exactly right. I've heard the false false flag theory before. I just can't figure out why they would stage a coup. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem to make much sense in what is already an incredibly volatile situation for Putin. It doesn't make much more sense why they would want to make it in even more volatile. Uh, I've heard the theory that uh, it'll stir other Russians to join the fight. I, I don't, that just makes no sense to me at all because they don't want to join the fight to begin with. He's facing protests in Ukraine and uh, it's not going to make them want to go fight in Ukraine. It's just going to want to make him fight the Wagner group. So I, I don't understand why they would want to stage a coup um, and, uh, and even confuse the citizens of Russia even further, even frighten them even further and make them want to stay further out of the conflict, I think it's just more likely uh, that this was an actual attempted coup, or maybe it was in the works as the Wagner group was marching towards Moscow and Putin was able to avert that disaster. And like I said, probably picked up an additional uh, 25,000 well-trained, well-trained groups. I mean, the guy, guy, Putin now could probably form uh, another seven or eight battalions out of this just this Wagner group, and that would be incredibly useful to him, make him far more powerful in Ukraine.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul, how does, how does this affect the Russia- Ukrainian war? Does it? I mean, does it, does it, now, now that the, the, quote, crisis, some people saw it as a crisis, some people saw it probably as an opportunity, now that the situation has been averted, do we just get back to this thing just grinding on into never-ending oblivion? I
8: think so, Tim. I really think so. I think that uh, so much of what's going on in Ukraine is nothing but, I mean, you want to talk about a staged coup. Um, I think that there's a lot of staging going on where this conflict is concerned because of all the money that's been poured into this one country who before this war had been known around the world as the cradle of corruption, globally speaking. And now we've got something going on. Uh, right there in Ukraine, where there's a lot of people being killed, very convenient for ruthless dictators or people that would otherwise take power. Um, but what else is also convenient is you get all these other countries around the world is just throwing tons of money into it. I don't know if you saw this headline recently, but due to an accounting error, the U S said, Hey, due to an accounting error, we just realized we owe Ukraine another six or $7 billion. How convenient that an accounting error was discovered by some unnamed regulator or bureaucrat. And so here's another six or seven billion dollars that gets to go to Ukraine that Congress never even voted on, but they chalked up to an accounting error. I just think it's going to continue to grind on and on and on because this is a money-making machine for some people. And uh, certainly the Bidens, I'm, I'm willing to bet, are somehow wrapped up in this too. They have been in the past, specifically in Ukraine. So this is not a this is not a stream of income you just want to turn off.
3: Hmm. Could not agree more. Uh, Paul. Meanwhile, China continues. I, you know, Paul. I get I get so aggravated every time something like look what happened in Russia over the weekend is serious. We should pay attention to it. We need to make sure that uh, our intelligence is accurate as to what happens. We need to get to the bottom of this. Figure out everything that we're just completely and utterly speculating on right now because nobody seems to know. Not John Kirby. Not Joe Biden. They were really quick to say. We know nothing, right? They're really quick to say we know nothing about. Well, what do you know? What do you know about it? What can you tell us? But Paul, it gets me aggravated because every time something like this happens, I really feel like the Biden administration is very extremely happy to take their eye off the prize. And that's an ever rising, ever more provocative China. Paul, I don't know if I talked to you last week about this yet or not, but it's rather disturbing, Paul, isn't it? And I know you and I weren't around in the 50s and 60s, but we've read the history books and we knew that we uh, that, that the, the escalation of the, uh, of the Soviets potentially putting nuclear weapons 90 miles from our shore was something that brought the world arguably to the brink of nuclear destruction. Well, Paul, here we are in 2023, and another similarly situated, extremely powerful nuclear power is talking about the same thing all over again. Paul, the more history changes, the more it remains the same, this is something that we should be focused on every single day. And it doesn't feel like we are, does it?
8: No, no, it absolutely doesn't. I mean, we, we thought we were going this direction about a year ago. Remember where Russia was concerned? Um, uh, the Biden administration has clearly, has clearly abdicated their responsibility when it comes to protecting and preserving our place as a world superpower, relative to all the other countries out there that are also vying for that position. Russia, China. I mean, not only, not only has Biden let this spy balloon come across the whole country, uh, but we just saw just the other day, uh, I don't know if you caught this Freudian slip, if you want to call it that, by Biden, uh, where he said that he spent a lot of time selling state secrets. I don't know how something yes. like that even flips. I don't, I don't know yes. how that becomes just an accident. But but Biden has clearly he he and his whole family and all this corruption clearly demonstrates that he's more interested in his own family, his own wealth than he is uh, the sanctity of our sovereignty and our position as a world superpower.
3: Yeah, Paul, if it was a joke, given everything that's swirling around the Biden criminal crime cartel, it was a really bad one and really poorly timed. That is for sure. Even if we give him the ultimate benefit of the doubt. Paul, thanks so much for joining us this morning. As always, folks, you can always follow Paul Kirtman at Paul Kirtman on Twitter, prkirtman.com. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you again soon.
8: Sounds good. Thanks, Tim.
3: There he goes. Um, Hunter Biden whistleblower testimony has exposed all the lies in and around the Biden criminal crime family. I will give you those details. We've been talking about them all morning, but I'm going to give you the receipts when we return. And we can take your phone calls as well. Phone lines are open 417 866 0933. 417 866 0933. More next after Don Luzader's traffic you need to know 933 AM 560
5: KWTO. Traffic
0: from the KWTO
3: Traffic Center.
5: Well, that is a non injury crash, as it turns out, at Carnegie National. Watch out for a slowdown from that.
8: 93.3
5: 93.3 and AM 560
0: KWTO You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO Double I quick stop Midnight, T-top Jack in a cherry coat town Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yeah, school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by Fins, MTV on the R- President
1: S- S- Biden's not- denial President- S- comes as the White House goes on defense about Hunter Biden attending the state dinner with his father. All this amid stunning whistleblower allegations of political interference in the federal investigation into his tax affairs, which led to Hunter pleading guilty to two federal tax charges and one federal gun charge in what some are calling a sweetheart plea deal that will likely keep the president's son out of prison. It comes after IRS whistleblowers told Congress the agency recommended far more charges for Hunter Biden, but said the decision was hampered by political influence at the DOJ. Now, House Republicans say Americans deserve answers from the prosecutors who allegedly mishandled the probe from the very beginning.
3: Yep. And now the report this morning is that the whistleblower testimony, you know, these multiple whistleblower, you know, there was a day where whistleblowers were sainted by the left and the D.C. sludgy swamp. Right. They were held up as heroes. Right. We were building statues on the National Mall to them. Well, now we either ignore whistleblowers or we personally attack them and slander them. Right. As Socrates once famously may have said, it's attributed to him. Slander is the tool of the loser, you know, not as we say it these days, loser, but like the loser of the debate, right? When you resort to name calling and slander, well, you've lost the debate. You you have no more facts apparently to argue. Hunter Biden whistleblower testimony shows, quote, someone is lying as the DOJ is under new scrutiny. This according to Miranda Devine. You know, Miranda Devine should win Pulitzer Prizes, not just one. She should win several because she's been Number one, she was one of the first reporters to break the uh, Hunter Biden laptop from hell story, and she's been one of the few reporters who's been on this from day one. Whistleblowers, though, okay, the IRS whistleblowers, they claim that Delaware prosecutor David Weiss was hindered from bringing charges against Hunter Biden in the Central District of California and Washington, D.C. As Internal Revenue Service whistleblowers come forward following what Republicans have called a discriminatorily. A discriminately light plea deal for Hunter Biden amid a larger investigation into foreign business dealings and political influence peddling. One journalist following the saga closely told Fox News, someone involved in the situation is lying. Yeah, folks, I said that earlier, right? I I, I told you earlier that someone is lying. Huh? You know, what are we going to do with this? Um. And meanwhile, they don't know. They, they, they don't know what to do about it, right? Uh, so for instance, Merrick Garland is at the core of all this cast. Uh, if we could play, uh, number 10 here in just a second, if you get number 10 queued up here. So someone's lying. Either Merrick Garland is lying or the IRS whistleblowers and David Weiss, the special prosecutor, and the six people who are apparently are going to corroborate David Weiss. So, Either Merrick Garland is lying or eight career government people who have nothing to gain, everything to lose, either they're lying. So Merrick Garland versus potentially eight people, right, who are well-esteemed, have no political axe to grind. Here's what Kevin Cork is reporting on as to why Merrick Garland is under, under fire in this Hunter Biden DOJ situation.
9: While the president denies any involvement in Hunter's business dealings, the Speaker of the House is raising new questions about allegations that the Attorney General of the United States, with the president's blessing perhaps...
7: Has weaponized the Justice Department if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying we're gonna start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general no surprise the White
9: House is also firing back said mr. McCarthy telling the speaker in fact telling Fox News the move is quote a partisan stunt
3: mmm so I thought it interesting that Kevin McCarthy uh, was saying that Merrick Garland could be subjected to impeachment now I think the whole lot should be impeached, but let's be honest. You know, I don't know what you get from impeaching Joe Biden at this point in time. Uh, You know, um, it it would I think that would be viewed completely as an election year stunt, although I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I just don't know where it goes now. However, if you impeach a cabinet official, maybe you have a better opportunity, better, a better chance of getting them actually removed from office because. You know, then, then you can say they've they've completely lost the um, the trust of everyone in the country. So I think Mayorkas. Now I'm all for impeaching Joe Biden. I just don't know. I don't. That ultimately would be viewed as, of course, partisan. We, We we would get no credit for that. But impeaching Mayorkas and Merrick Garland, that I think could have some merit and could potentially force their hand. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's all it's all a bit academic because let's be honest, folks. I do have to admit, none of these impeachments are going to go anywhere right now because the Senate is controlled by Democrats. So you can can impeach, you can impeach, but you're not going to remove from office. You're not going to convict in the Senate. See what I'm saying? Because we do not have control of the Senate. Even if every single Republican would vote for the impeachment, that's 49 votes. You'd have to get Tester or what's-her-face Cinema or maybe Joe Manchin. Boy, they've been quiet lately. Haven't Cinema? And Tester and Manchin have been quite – I think they're scared because they realize that they've the, – the far left wing in their party has gone so over the deep end. I saw an opinion writer from Newsweek – got to tell you all about this story later. There was an opinion writer from Newsweek on Fox Business yesterday talking about how insane the left wing fringe of the trans cult of the Democratic Party was. I had to look at her name and her title twice. I was like, this can't be happening maybe folks are realizing that we have gone a bridge too far and that the mainstream does not accept the lunatic left. All right, let's get to a break here. Tim's top three, part two. Coming up next at 7.05, followed by Chris Harps of Newsmax and Newstalk STL fame. 93.3 and 5.60 KWTO.
0: Police officer was telling me my dad was a cop about when the Argentinian economy collapsed and it collapsed quickly. now They were catching doctors and surgeons mugging people in the street to get money for food because it all broke down so fast. You think that can't happen here? Just like a virus can't break out here? Just like planes can't crash into two towers? Just like Russia would invade Ukraine? Dan Gino. I don't know about you, but I'd start getting prepared today. Sounds like they need to 11 weekday morning. That's really where they want to go. On 93.3 and AM five. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560
6: KWTO. It's time for Tim's Top 3. Ha ha!
4: Timmy! Away! More.
3: Let's see. Uh, the Senate races here in the state of Missouri continue to be populated. There's a bunch of people running for state Senate next year. I think half the Senate races may be up next year. I'm not exactly sure about that. I think it's usually around half in any, in any given election cycle. And we'll continue to monitor those. Uh, I know Denny Hoskins is running for... Um, Denny's running for... Uh, Secretary of State now, and therefore his Senate race will be open. I went to Doug Ritchie's kickoff the other day. Let's do, uh, let's do number Time. two. Biden makes first public comments on brief Wagner Group rebellion in Russia. We had nothing to do with it, he says. Joe Biden saying the Wagner rebellion was a struggle within the Russian system. I'm not sure Joe Biden knows much about anything going on these days, but that's what he claims. And let's do number three. Three. Hunter Biden whistleblower testimony shows someone is lying DOJ under new scrutiny. Miranda Devine whistleblowers claim Delaware Prosecutor David Weiss was hindered from bringing charges against Hunter Biden in the Central District of California and D.C. We'll continue to follow that as well. That's Tim's top three. Part two. Yeah. Part two for a Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. It is 7.09 already now here in the heartland.
7: I-O Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again.
3: Sorry. Hey folks, welcome back to the program. It's Tuesday, June 27th, 2023 at 7.09 a.m. This is 93.3 a.m. 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri house, joined by Cass Bowen, our executive producer, and Don Luzader, our news director. Um... Don, I I saw my the first commercial the other day, uh, segueing here into sports world here for just a minute. Saw the first commercial the other day for the All-Star Game, which is coming up July the 11th. I cannot believe, Don, that we are already knocking on the doorstep of the midpoint of the Major League Baseball season. Unfortunately... It's been a little bit of a bummer, lackluster of a season here in Missouri, hasn't it? With both of our teams just kind of plodding along near the bottom of the basement. Yeah, the all-star game, by the way, is going to be in Seattle this year. Oh, uh,
5: T-Mobile Park in Seattle. And uh, yeah, the Cardinals are 32 and 45. I did some math again a few minutes ago (laughs) because remember we had talked about what the Cardinals need to do to hit 90 wins. If you wanted to dream a little bit. They would now have to go 58 and 27 in the remaining oh 85 games. That's, they would have to play 31 games over 500 baseball to hit 90 wins. And by the way, if they wanted to hit 80 wins, they would have to play 11 games over 500 and go 48 and 37. That would be to finish with a record of 80 and 82, which is just below 500. They would have to go 11 games over 500 the rest of the season to do that. So not looking like a good year for the Cardinals. The Royals are in last place in the AL Central with a record of twenty two and fifty six, but they're not gonna get that number one draft pick next year if this trend continues because the Oakland A's continue to be the worst team in baseball. They have won twenty
3: and lost sixty. Wow. You know, that's uh when you put it when you put it that way with the actual stats and statistics. It's gonna be really disappointing to see. I mean, uh, unless unless they just light a freaking fire and go on a tear, for the Cardinals not even to have a break-even five hundred season after Don, most prognosticators us us included right because on paper they look so great. They were picked pretty much everybody. Don picked the Cardinals to win the Central.
5: Yep, I think I think everyone thought they were the team to beat, and uh, now they are the
3: team to defeat. To do yes, to beat up a pawn yes yes, yes they, they are the team to defeat that is for sure uh, I don't think anybody expected the Royals to do anything no. ground shattering this year but it's amazing isn't it that you know the Royals were so bad for so long and then they became awesome for a period of time and won a World Series and were extremely competitive for like a period of years. And then fell into oblivion again. Very similar, very similar to what the St. Louis Rams did, right? So Mm -hmm. the LA Rams, wait, where were were the, what were the Rams before they were the St. Louis Rams? They They were the LA Rams. Mm
5: -hmm. And
3: then they went back to LA, right? Uh So LA Rams, St. Louis Rams, LA Rams. There's a franchise that, you know, was not from St. Louis. They originally always were kind of out West, always bad, come to St. Louis, become good, become great become they they were called the greatest game folks may not remember this they were the greatest game on turf. turf yes and then they you know they won a super bowl they went to several super bowls and then they faded back into oblivion again and then 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 they rose back up again right i mean yeah i mean it's just it, it's amazing how how teams they develop like okay it's different players it's different coaches now you know there's always periods of time where you have some continuity but especially in today's world of free agency and everything else where oh, yeah. in in both the NFL world and the Major League Baseball world people are moving around so much but it's amazing how teams can take on personas even over the generations right when you look 20 years ago 30 years ago there's nobody who is maybe an owner maybe an owner sticks around but even that changes quite a bit it's amazing how teams can develop personas over generations you know what i mean like some teams are always good generally yeah the some Dodgers, teams are always Yankees. bad yeah yeah Isn't that isn't that i thought i wonder if anybody's ever written a book or done a study on that because that's a fascinating concept like when you when you think of major league baseball teams or nfl teams or whatever pick your pick your favorite sports league you generally know there's teams that are always really really good teams that are always really really bad and then teams that are always just kind of in the middle Well, part of it, too,
5: is there is no salary cap in Major League Baseball like there is in other sports. And so with Major League Baseball, you have these uh, smaller market teams like your Royals. Um, And then there was really a whole um, book and then movie written about it, Moneyball, uh, with the Oakland A's. uh, They couldn't get the players that the Yankees could or the Dodgers could. They they would reload every year because they had the money to buy those players. But markets like Oakland and Kansas City and other smaller markets didn't have the money to buy those players. And there's still a pretty big disparity uh, that's going to keep the Royals unless they develop a really good farm system, which, by the way, Tim's what they did in the mid-teens when they went to the World Series mm-hmm. two years in a row. Uh, you had uh, Mustakas and Hosmer and all those guys come up. They were the best in the minor leagues for a while, and that's what propelled them to have a good team and go to the World Series two years in a row. They They grew it in their farm system, and then they made some key acquisitions. But what happens? Reagency you mentioned, Tim, all these players just start going to other teams, and next thing you know, the dynasty is very short lived.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm
3: hmm You know, Don, um, Moneyball, you just mentioned, is an excellent movie. I love Even it. for people who aren't like my my wife, Suzanne, she's not a huge sports nut. You know, she'll watch it if I have something on, but she's she's sports just isn't her thing. Mm-hmm. She loves Moneyball. Yes. She thinks it's a fantastic movie. It is. It's really good.
5: It's probably yeah. my favorite baseball movie of all time i have it on my dvr and my wife will laugh at me because every once in a while i'll just start watching it she's like up oh, you're watching Moneyball again i'm like i can't stop Hmm.
3: yeah absolutely uh all right let's get to a break here 7 15 here in the a.m we got chris harp standing by to talk to us about the ever-developing 2024 field in missouri and beyond and i know chris definitely has some thoughts and prognostications about whether the walls are closing in on Joe Biden and the Biden criminal crime. There's no reason for
0: them not to work with us on this investigation. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass and anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO.
4: lights and she's coming for me. Now put your hands up. This
6: is a high. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it.
3: Well, I know that Anna Navarro there uh, has a big fan in our next guest.
4: If one of y'all says some silly (laughs) name, this whole class is going to feel my wrath.
3: Chris Arps, the principal of Red Tail Strategies, the founder of MoveOnUp.org. Chris, I know you're in the Anna Navarro fan club uh, based on uh, recent discussions. (laughs) And so, Chris, I know that you completely sympathize and empathize with Anna Navarro there saying that Everything about Hunter Biden, it's all really, it's really, Chris, about a father's love for his son. I mean, boy, they're really reaching and stretching now, aren't they, to protect the Biden criminal crime family?
2: They are really reaching a stretch. and stretching. And, you know, we played that clip yesterday on our show, and I asked you the question um who on the Republican side or who uh, is anybody saying that Joe Biden needs to throw Hunter Biden? Uh, under the bus and disavow him and all that. No one is saying that. I think what people are are, are questioning is what appears to be a 2 tier system of justice, where Hunter Biden, uh, a five-year investigation, that's two misdemeanors and a felony charge that gets thrown out if he stays clean for a year. Um, there have been numerous black actors, rappers, other people that have uh, done similar crimes, and they've gone to jail. I think that's what people are questioning, not Joe Biden's love for his son.
3: Yeah, Chris, they want it. Anna Navarro and the rest of the cackling hens in The View, everybody, all the bobbleheads on CNN and MSDNC, they all want this to be about Hunter Biden. Because, Chris, you're right, he's a horribly tragic figure. He's got lots of issues. But, Chris, we don't care about that, right? Like, Hunter Biden, go get help. Fix your life. You're a disaster. But, Chris, what we want to know is... How did the Biden family become so wealthy? Where did the wealth come from? Where did it go? And why did Joe Biden, why was Joe Biden a career public servant making less than $200,000 a year and living in one of the richest zip codes in the country? How is he able to afford the life that he has? Chris, what is the Biden family business? That's what we all want to know, right?
2: Exactly. I mean, we have seen reports that the Biden family has received $10 million uh, from Romania and from Ukraine and from other from other countries. And I don't think it's too much to ask. What did Hunter or Joe Biden or any of the Biden family members, including grandchildren, do to earn millions of dollars from a foreign government?
3: Yeah, that is definitely true as well. So, Chris, you know, after all these years of um, investigating Hunter Biden, hun- investigating Hunter Biden for five, six, seven years, uh, it, 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 working out a, a sweetheart deal with him last week and then having him sit basically right next to Merrick Garland at a state dinner. Uh, despite all of that, Chris, despite the media being a willful adversary, do you believe that there's just... There's, There's too many whistleblowers coming out of the woodwork. There's too much information. Can the media, can the national media continue to cover for Joe Biden? Or do you think, Chris, this is getting so bad that even they might have to consider throwing Joe Biden under the bus? I know that's a bridge pretty far, but are we getting Mm -hmm. to that point yet? I think
2: we're definitely getting to that point. You know, as we said yesterday on the show, you know, the stuff regarding the laptop and all of that, You have to connect a lot of dots. And that's people that follow this stuff very closely like we do. We can follow these dots and we can plainly see that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the Biden family is corrupt. But most Americans are trying to live their lives, trying to raise their kids, you know, save for retirement. They're not following politics as closely as we do. And they don't want to get into the weeds of following all these dots. But when it comes to a story like this with Hunter Biden getting a sweetheart deal that most Americans would not get, I think that perks up Americans' attention, and I think that makes them pay more closely attention, especially when you have IRS whistleblowers that are coming forth in saying that Hunter Biden got special treatment, and he's, they're, they're directly contradicting what the attorney general said in congressional hearings, that he did not interfere at all in this in this investigation, but you have the U S attorney, David Weiss saying that he tried not only once, but twice to be appointed a special prosecutor and the justice department turned it down. That is the smoking gun. That is things that the American people can follow closely. And as they said for years regarding Donald Trump, I truly do believe that the walls are closing in on the
3: Biden crime family. Chris, there was a uh, announcement made uh, this morning by a former Navy SEAL who has launched a Senate campaign in the great state of Montana, challenging sitting U.S. Senator John Tester. Uh, Chris, I didn't know. I don't know this fellow from from Adam, but boy, on paper, he looks to be quite a uh, quite a potential adversary. Uh, his name is Tim Sheehy. He's a businessman, a firefighting pilot, a former Navy SEAL. And he has launched his 2024 campaign for the U.S. Senate in Montana. Chris, because we're just going to learn about who Tim Sheehy is, I want to ask you more about John mm-hmm. Tester. Uh, he, John Tester uh, is one of the vulnerable Senate Democrats, right? Now, John Tester, Chris, has he, been, has he been careful enough to potentially avoid a significant challenge? Or do you think that he's one of the ones that could be taken out by Republicans if Tim Sheehy or somebody else is the right Republican to take him on?
2: Look, every year I think John Tester is entering his third term. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a blue dog Democrat that somehow wins in a red state. He is not mm. uh, far, far lefty. Um, he's a farmer. He plays that up. Um, he, and whenever he has sided with Joe Manchin and with Christine Sinema on some important uh, issues that the Democrats needed him to vote on. So he's not your far left, crazy, crazy Democrat. He's well-liked. Uh, in Montana, he's a two-time incumbent, so it's going to be a tough race. But I think he can he can he could be beat, and that's why a lot of the votes that he is taking uh, this year and it, or last year and this year are very careful votes to make sure that he's not portrayed as uh, far far left. Hmm.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Uh uh, uh. uh. Joe Manchin over in West Virginia, on the other side of the country. I've noticed that Joe Manchin. John Tester, and even to an extent, Kristen Sinema, Chris, they've been very, they've been very cautious uh, with their votes and with what they say. I mean, I haven't heard a peep from hardly the three of them over the last several weeks. They've been very quiet, keeping their heads down, because uh, Joe Manchin, Chris, is going to have a, a, a he's got that is going to be a battle royale, right? Going against former Democrat turned Republican uh, Governor Justice of West Virginia.
2: Yeah, uh, it looks like Joe Manchin's probably going to lose reelection if he does run for reelection. The governor's very, very popular. He has, I think, a 10 or 15 point lead on Manchin. That's why there is a lot of talk and he is not tamping down that talk that he could be the group no labels, uh, presidential candidate, uh, if he decides not to run, uh, for reelection. But those three Democrats, Democrats, they are the three most vulnerable, Matching, cinema, and uh, Tester.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Spokes, we're speaking to Chris Arps of Newsmax and News Talk STL fame, my co-host with me up on in uh, St. Louis. If you're ever on the eastern seaboard side of the state, love for you to listen to NewsTalkSTL.com. Chris also appears frequently on Newsmax television. We'll talk about that near the end of our segment here. Uh, Chris, the no-labels party you brought up, who, could you Mm -hmm. explain a little more about that to our listeners? We haven't talked about that much, and who do you think that favors on the on the national ticket? Does that hurt Democrats or Republicans? And for the big prize of the White House,
2: no group, no labels is a group that claims that they are not Republicans. They're not left. That they think that the American people want a centrist style candidate. Uh, they claim that they have done polling that shows that during this cycle there is a lane. Uh, for somebody that, uh, could win, uh, 33% of the vote to, to be an independent candidate. Uh, they claim that, uh, the American people are not in favor of Joe Biden. They're not in favor of, uh, of Donald Trump and that there is a lane for a third person. Uh, the speculation, Tim, is that if, uh, no labels does feel the candidate that it's going to hurt, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats and they are, are talking and uh, with no labels to try to talk them out of doing this. No mm-hmm. label says, though, that they do not want to be a spoiler. That is not their role, and that if they see that there is not a chance uh, for them to win, they claim they can win 25 states, then they will not run in the election to run mm-hmm. a candidate.
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting. In 25 the, states, uh,
2: so I think that's kind of a stretch. They, they say that their numbers show that an uh, independent could win 25 states.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I guess it depends on – I guess it depends on – because we do an electoral contest and not a popular vote, thank goodness, right. I guess it'll depends, Chris, on what states their candidate ends up getting on the ballot in, right? That that could hurt – it depends on the state, right? That that could hurt whoever the Democratic presidential nominee is.
2: That's correct. And, you know, they've raised a, a ton of money, and uh, I think they are working on 40 or 45 states right now to make sure they are on the ballot – uh their goal of course is to be on all 50 they've got the money and they've got the uh, organizers uh to do it they just have to find a candidate
3: mm-hmm. that is very interesting stuff indeed chris will you be on newsmax television later this week do you know yet
2: yes i'll be on uh thursday morning five thirty, uh six and seven wake up america with
3: uh Uh, I can't think
2: of his name. Rob (laughs) Finnerty. And Rob Finnerty. I forgot their name.
3: (laughs) Yeah, hey, we get up way too early every morning. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Chris Chris will be on Newsmax television later this week on Thursday morning, 536 and 7newsmax.com. And once again, if you're on the St. Louis side of the state, you can listen to us every single afternoon on News Talk STL. Chris, thanks so much for everything, the insight and the analysis, as always. And I'll see you this afternoon, my friend. Can't wait to talk to you about this
2: Hunter Biden thing, man. The walls are closing in and uh good talk radio uh, discussion.
3: It absolutely is indeed. Chris, we'll take take care. We'll see you soon. He is at Chris underscore ARPS on Twitter. Chris Arps as well on Facebook. All right. It is wow, already almost 730 here in the AM. When we come back, we're happy to take your phone calls. 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Are the walls closing in on the Biden criminal crime family or, or is it the boy who cried wolf once again? Will anybody in the corrupt corporate media actually start turning their guns and their sights and their pens, their pens, most importantly, on Joe Biden, Hunter and the Biden criminal crime family. All that and more straight ahead 933 AM
5: 560 KWTO. 933 and AM 560 KWTO news. KWTO news time is 7:30. We have some sunshine and 62 degrees in Springfield. A sunny hot day today with a high of 91. Uh, Severe thunderstorms possible, especially for areas south and west of Springfield late tonight into the overnight hours. Firefighters in Mountain Grove had to evacuate an entire block because of natural gas concerns.
6: The fire department says on Facebook that a ruptured gas line caused an explosion in a detached garage at a funeral home parking lot at Main Avenue and 3rd Street. Fire crews were extinguishing the home when natural gas began filling some of the buildings in the area asked people to evacuate the area. The Mountain Grove Fire Department says that fire is under control. Crews are cleaning up the area. Brian
5: Housewood, Zimmer News Network. City of Springfield closing a portion of Campbell because of the road buckling due to the heat. Officials say the hot temperatures over the weekend caused that road to sustain damage near the intersection of Campbell and Normal. Crews are conducting repairs. They're hoping to reopen by around 8 o'clock this morning. Police in Springfield releasing the name of a man who was shot and killed on North Glen. Caden Morton died Sunday at the Scene of the shooting due to multiple gunshot wounds. Officers say a vehicle was seen leaving the scene shortly after the shooting, but no suspect has been identified. An investigation underway after one person was shot in Pulaski County. Authorities say that shooting happened... ...of grievance instead
7: of a culture of
0: greatness.
5: 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO
0: listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader and producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560
4: KWTO Sweet as candy It's tasty on my mind Girl, you got me thirsty For another
2: Okay, Will Scharf. Espionage Act, Presidential Records Act. How do we make this simple? We have a former attorney general who's all over television saying, no, 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 it's the Espionage Act. and Can you tell me any other former president who's been charged under the Espionage Act since 1917? Do you have one? It's never happened before, and this is a controversial act to begin with. A lot of free speech advocates think it's, it's unconstitutionally overbroad as written. Certainly as it's being applied to President Trump here, uh, there are real legal issues with the way that they've brought this case. Uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel, wants America to think this is a very simple open and shut case. They found documents at Mar-a-Lago and therefore President Trump is guilty. But anyone with a passing familiarity with the law here knows that that's just not the case. And that's why it's so important that we uh, we fight back against the dominant mainstream narrative here.
3: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That was Will Scharf, candidate for attorney general here in the great state of Missouri. Cass, I'll tell you that attorney general's race. I know that the down ballot races don't often capture the attention of most Missourians. We follow them very closely. I know a lot of our listeners follow them very closely, but the majority of Missourians, I, everybody's busy, right? People aren't as infatuated with politics and public policy as we are. I wish more people would be. I think it's very important. Politics is nothing more than the than the interactions between people and how we all work together or don't to accomplish great things or not so great things for our nation. But, uh, you know, Cass, these down, these bound ballot races with people that we know very well are very interesting. This attorney general's race, I mean, we've got two great choices here. Andrew Bailey's been a great attorney general to this point. Will Scharf is an incredibly accomplished federal prosecutor and policy wonk in his own right. I mean, this is going to be a tough choice for most Missourians, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know Will, um, pretty well, actually. And so I, 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 can speak to his character. I can speak to his knowledge and intelligence and passion to do this and do it well. Um, I don't know Attorney General Bailey. Um, I've met him a couple times. Um, you and I both have at a, at a few events here and there. He seems like a very nice guy. He was appointed by Governor Parsons. So, um, whether or not you like Governor Parson would speak maybe to whether or not you will like Attorney General Andrew Bailey because that was a direct pick of his. So far, Attorney General Bailey has done a good job, but what I've seen happen in the last couple of years um, since Josh Hawley, then to Eric Schmidt, now here, is these guys get into the Attorney General spot and they do a bunch of flashy things to get their names in the headlines so that they can actually just run for higher office. Um I mean, I think that's what Eric Schmidt did when he was running for Senate. He's like, how much name ID can I get from doing all of these really incredible things as Attorney General? <laughs> but did he mean it? Did he care? I don't know. I
3: question. We'll see how he operates in the U.S. Senate. The good yes. news, Cass, is we don't have a third U.S. Senator available. So uh, no. <laughs> They whoever's whoever wins this next Attorney General's race, they're going to be AG for a while unless right. they decide they don't want to be AG anymore, right? Because right,
1: which is why it's actually pretty important that we pick the right yes. one here because... They will be sticking around for a while. Um, I like Will Sharf a lot. I know him well. I've spent a lot of time with him, and I—that's all I have to say about that—is I like Will Sharf.
3: If you, uh, if you watch, if you watched his appearance on Life, Liberty, and Levin, like I did, I—I I, I did not know he was going to be on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I just happened to turn the television on on Sunday evening because I was actually preparing for this show. I was uh, turning on my computer, and I always turn on the TV behind me. And I was like going to put together the show sheet for Monday. And then all of a sudden, Will Sharf pops up on my television. I'm like, holy Toledo, look at that. And so I listened to the segment and it was really good. And I'm glad we played it. I'm glad we knew that happened. And uh, it's gone pretty viral. And uh, he did a great job explaining why Donald Trump being charged with the Espionage Act of 1913 or 1917 or whatever it was, is the most ridiculous thing ever. How do you charge a president? With espionage, it's like almost it's almost an oxymoron, right? It's it's a legal fallacy. But that's how devoted the deep state is to getting Trump. It's unbelievable.
1: We I do have to say it. Mr. Sharp has a lot of, you know, national connections that I'm not sure Attorney General Bailey has because um, he's he's been on Fox before. Um, he's, you know, on Life, Liberty and Levin. He was on. Um, Mark Levin's podcast, which is not Life, Liber- not Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's a different podcast. He was on that as well last week. And so I feel like um, nationally, maybe fundraising-wise, Will Scharf might have a little bit more um, at his disposal. And he outraised the is, Attorney General Bailey in the first quarter.
3: The problem is with both of these fellows is, let's be honest, uh, we know them both very well. Most of Missourians don't. Their name ID is probably still in the teens. That'll change. That'll change as they start spending money and they start running ads and commercials and sending out mailers and hitting social media. But right now, both of them are largely unknown quantities. Now, Andrew Bailey has been able to earn a lot of great free earned media because he's been in the news. He was in the news quite a bit. He got he, he probably pumped up his name ID throughout the Kim Gardner saga. A lot of people are like, oh, who's? Who's taking? Who wants to remove Kim Gardner from office? Oh, the new attorney general, Andrew Bailey, is what a lot of people probably thought. And so he's picked up a lot of name ID on that. He's picked up name ID for taking on the trans cult. Look, I, I think, you know, right now they both would do a great job. But um, I, I do like Will Scharf's track record of kind of being in the fight a little longer as far as my knowledge goes. I mean, I, I've known Will for a long time. Uh, I like them both. I don't know that we will be served wrong there, but well, let's let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what they each say about what their vision is. And let's see what the differences might be as we roll through this election cycle. The, the problem they're going to have, <clears throat> along with all the other <clears throat> excuse me, uh, down-ballot races, is getting attention. We're going to have a U.S. Senate race next year. We haven't talked about that much. Josh Hawley is up for re-election next year, 2024. Can you believe it's been... Six years. That really hits me because I'm like, I remember talking to Josh Hawley. I specifically remember this. Nobody knew who Josh Hawley was. I was, I think, I think I was still in office or I was maybe in my last year. And I remember walking into a Drury Hotel in Jefferson County, Missouri, down in like Arnold maybe or afton we were in that part of the world right and it was for lincoln days and i can't remember if i was speaking at it or helping him see it or something but i was there and i think i did speak at it and it was a jefferson county republican lincoln days and josh holly was there and this was this was young young much younger tim jones Uh, and much much younger younger josh holly yeah even though we're not old. cast thinks we're old, but we're not old. Um, So I would have been in my late 30s, early 40s, maybe. This is a long time ago. This was 2013, 2014. We're talking nine years, at least nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. And Josh Hawley comes up to me and I had heard of him. He was a constitutional law professor at Mizzou. And he came up to me, and I, I respected his work. In fact, I believe I interviewed his wife before I met him. I interviewed Aaron Hawley, who Josh will tell you is the smarter lawyer in the family. He will say that. That's a joke that he makes, although maybe it's true. Uh, I interviewed Aaron Hawley on St. Louis Radio, when I used to do fill-ins on a different station back in the day, and I interviewed Aaron Hawley about some constitutional law construct of the time. And so I interviewed her and never really met her, just interviewed her. And then Josh was kind of kicking around at that time. And he came to the Lincoln Days and we met, we shook hands, we talked and he pulled me aside and said, so um, are you thinking about running for attorney general? And I was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it at the time and we had a serious conversation. I said, you know, Josh, I said, I'm going to level with you. I'm thinking about it, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, it's been it's been really rough, some days torturous to be Speaker of the House, run an entire House Republican majority, almost a super majority at that time. We were around 107, 108 members, uh, run around the state every single week, raising money for the caucus, raising some money for myself and my potential political future. Uh, my daughters are now, they were like nine and five at the time starting to recognize that dad is never home anytime for anything. And they were going into very important preteen years, right? Uh, my oldest daughter was, <laughs> younger daughter going into grade school. And I said, you know, Josh, I, my law practice, you know, it was I, I, I was not billing any hours. I was bringing in some clients, but not being able to work much. And I was like, well, I either got to go back to practicing law, make some money, or I need to go into some other kind of government affairs field I just don't, I was very honest with him. I said, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to run for office. And here was my, here was my other problem. Here was my other problem. I was going to have to sit out for two years. Now for Josh, no big deal because he hadn't run for anything yet. He wasn't in office and he was just going to do his, do his deal and run for office. It it, it is a big deal with an elected official when you're in office and then it's not impossible. And I think in this day and age, with social media and other ways to, and radio and other ways to remain relevant. You can do it. But I was going to have a two-year gap. I turned out in 2014, and this election for attorney general was not going to be until 2016. A guy named Kurt Schaefer was already thinking about running, a former state senator from Columbia. Josh was thinking about running. If I was running, you would have had two conservatives in the race. Uh, and so ultimately, I decided not to run. But I love telling that story because Josh Hawley came up to me. I was Speaker of the House at the time, and he asked me first, what I was doing. And he said to me, Tim, if you make up your mind and decide to run, please let me know. Let's have another conversation because I'm not sure I would run against you.
5: Wow. Hmm. So you helped shape the political career of uh, Josh Hawley
3: with your decision, Tim. And now he's a U.S. senator. Let me just tell you.
1: Maybe you could have been a U.S. senator, (laughs) Timothy.
3: I don't know if it's because of all that or just because we share a, uh, a very similar political philosophy. But to this very day, I have an excellent relationship with Senator Hawley's office. It's not always easy to get Josh, as as we all know. Right. You know. We've had him on the air. We've had him on the air, I think, more than most people here in Springfield. I think we have. Not recently, but we probably need to reach out to him at some point. But, like, for instance, his new Missouri State Director, Sam Saffa, who was with his office up until about a year ago. Sam was a District Director in St. Louis, and then he left and went into the private sector. Sam just came back. I talked to Sam last week to congratulate him, and I am very close with Senator Hawley's office. Uh, So it's kind of my, they're kind of like my tangential U.S. Senate office. You know, it's kind of like I feel very close to them. It's like like, they're like my Senate office, you know.
5: You know, um, in his first public run for office, he got 64 percent of the vote in that primary against Kurt Schaefer. That's pretty amazing when you think about it.
3: He ran a hell of a campaign. He really did. My
1: favorite Josh Hawley story is the fact that his, one of his first jobs was sitting in my chair and doing what I'm doing right now for this show. So he started out his political career doing what I'm doing right now for Billy Long. And so, uh, you never know.
3: Maybe I'll be a U.S. senator someday. Maybe you will be. No, we're Fat very chance. close with we're very <laughs> close with Josh Hawley here, and I know Eric Schmidt. I know Eric Schmidt very well. I served with Eric Schmidt. He was in the Senate when I was Speaker, so I know them both very well. But I just have a, I have just kind of a tighter bond with the Hawley team, just in general. And uh, like I said, Sam Safa, the new Missouri State Director, is a very close personal friend of mine. So anyway, all right, let's get to a break here. Um, Hunter Biden is being deposed on Thursday. Did you know that, folks? You probably didn't if you watch the ABC News Networks. Uh, Hunter Biden is being deposed. In what case and what should he be asked under oath? The Federalist has that story and that advice that we'll get to next after Don Luzader's traffic. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO.
0: The KWTO Traffic Center.
5: We are getting reports of an injury crash this morning. It's on Highway 65, just past Sunshine. So uh, watch out for some slowdowns as a result of that crash. Uh, that coming in just in the last little bit here at 7:22. Uh, so, some Americans,
0: someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. Just a young gun. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, news director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 933 and AM 560, KWTO. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer, take a
6: number. I was lightning before the thunder.
4: thunder, 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 thunder,
3: thunder, thunder, thunder. Now, as the President noted, uh, it was important that both internally here inside the administration and externally uh, with our allies and partners, including with Ukraine, uh, that we all uh, shared our perspectives on what was going on and we all stayed on the same page. We also made clear uh, to all our allies and partners uh, that the United States was not involved and would not get involved in these events um, and that we view them as internal Russian matters. We delivered that same message to the Russians themselves through appropriate diplomatic channels. Oh, I might actually, I might actually, um, I might actually accept that from John Kirby. I don't accept much of what the administration says as anything near truth, but when you're looking at an administration like Joe Biden's, which has perfected the art of Barack Obama 3.0 leadership from behind, I tend to believe them that they had nothing to do. With now, I'm not saying I wanted them to have something to do with it. I'm not saying I encouraged them to, you know, get involved with the uh, internal workings and political uh, problems of a nuclearized superpower. uh, Even though mother Russia is hobbled these days in many, many ways, it's economy, it's military obviously is a bit more, I'm not going to say it's a paper tiger. It's just not the roaring lion that we thought that it was. So on, on the other hand, Isn't that isn't that I mean, what Kirby said, it's kind of like they're kind of all saying the quiet part out loud over the White House. Right. When when Joe Biden says that he sold state secrets. Now, look, there's some that have said he was joking in the uh, in the the meeting with uh, Prime Minister Modi. But he's also is that something to joke about, given the fact that you are being investigated for that very thing? You're literally being investigated for compromising the U.S. and selling information about our assets and about our. uh, uh, about our intelligence, right, to whoever, the Ukrainians, the Russians, the Chinese, right? You're literally being accused of extortion and bribery, and you make a joke about it at a state dinner. Oh, yeah, you know, all I do is still sell state secrets. Joe Biden actually said that, right? And then he says, then later, after everyone laughs, he's like, well, you know, all kidding aside, as if it was a joke, was it a joke? Or was he finally saying the quiet part out loud? So when John Kirby says... Yep, we know nothing. You know, the old uh, Sergeant Schultz from uh, Hogan's Heroes, if you watch that back in the day. I know nothing. I kind of believe them because I do believe they know nothing. I do, I do believe that they were not involved because they don't seem to get involved. Now, again, I don't want them involved in this, but on the things that maybe, okay, with China, maybe they should be getting involved. You know, with China, building a spy base, China, a fellow nuclear power... Now, I know folks don't remember this. Well, some of you all might do the, I, I'm not going to say older. I'm going to say the wiser members of our listening audience. Uh, and, and many of us read about this in grade school and high school and college. You know, there was a time where another nuclear power that's still around these days, Russia, another nuclear power was talking about building a site or moving nuclear missiles or doing something on that little coastal island of Cuba 90 miles from the southern tip of Florida and some have argued in retrospect that it brought us to the brink of nuclear war so maybe Joe Biden and John Kirby and others you know maybe they should maybe there are some things they should be involved in but they seem to be involved in nothing even with this uh even with this situation um oh what was i going to say even with this um Uh, even with the situation regarding, oh, Ukraine, with the war in Ukraine. Okay, so Joe Biden's administration seems to want to have it both ways. Like, they want to be like, all rah, rah, Ukraine, but then they're not even all in on that, right? So many of us in this country are are thinking, oh, boy, here we go, another 20-plus year war with no end and no winner, right? There's no win, there's no winner. Um, so here we go again after we just evacuate Afghanistan. But even with that, Joe Biden, like he's slow walking that. So he he's pretending to help Ukraine while only sort of helping Ukraine either don't help Ukraine at all or, you know what, let's get it over with, you know, but but how do you get it over with with a territorial dispute where every time you, Joe Biden, are in office, more of Ukraine goes to Mother Russia. It happened when you were in office with Barack Obama, and it's happening again right now before our very eyes. They just seem to be completely inept The Biden doctrine is a doctrine of ineptness, of leadership being from behind. And as John Kirby just said, yep, we know nothing. We did nothing. We see nothing. You know, see no evil, hear no evil, think no evil. And that's what the the Biden administration seems to want to pretend on the world stage while they they hardly ever talk about China. Have you noticed that? Very interesting indeed. My goodness. End of the seven o'clock hour, 757, nearly 758 in the heartland. What do we have coming up next? Well, we got a jam-packed 8 o'clock hour for all y'all. We have Tim's Top 3, Part 3 at 8.05. We'll follow that up with Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, our own resident black Christian conservative rocket scientist. What could go wrong, as Gabe always says? And at 8.45, the all-important never-miss-it morning dump. All of that straight ahead at 93.3 AM 560. Happy Tuesday from all of us here at KWTU.
0: Because two heads are louder than one. This is the reality. They didn't want the people who believed the COVID lab leak, i.e. you, me, to be correct. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. The, the fundamental D. fallacy of all of this. Democrats are the good, smart, honest, ethical, science, science smart yeah. people. And the other people are troglodyte, analysis, opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. JWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield With former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader And producer Cass Bowen-Anderson On 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO
6: It's time for Teams Top 3
3: Hunter Biden is being deposed on Thursday. Here's what the Federalist thinks he should be asked under oath. We'll get to those details in a second and explain what the heck is this deposition about. Well, it has to do with the laptop from hell. How about we do number two. As we mentioned earlier this morning, Jesse Waters has been picked as the replacement for Tucker Carlson's primetime spot will be interesting to see if Fox News can stop the bleeding as Tucker Carlson continues to publish his own soliloquies up on Twitter. Tucker on Twitter, definitely taking the world by storm. Need to see how many millions of views he's got at this point in time. And number three. three. three Joe Biden, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the entire White House criminal crime cartel in denial mode after all of their lies about Hunter Joe for the big guy and the Biden's family business, which is basically extortion and bribery is being made known to the public. Can they continue to run from this? Will the media continue to cover for them as people are just coming out of the woodwork to say, no, we were not able to conduct a proper investigation of Hunter and Joe Biden and all of these bizarre things. Uh, financial records, these these uh, suspicious activity reports that were generated from the Biden family business involving Russians. I thought we were worried when people were colluding or cashing in on Russian relationships. Not apparently if it's the Biden criminal crime family. That is Tim's top three, part three, for a very sunny Tuesday, June 27, 2023, a.m. in the heartland. I owe silver
7: away. Don't ever do that again. Sorry.
3: We'll do it tomorrow for a Happy Hump Day. Currently, 70 degrees and lots of abundant sunshine here in Springfield. If you missed our weather forecast, shame on you. We deliver it to you promptly every morning just after our 6.15 break. You can always catch it at that time, or you can check 933kwto.com. Lots more details and lots of information about the weather near and far and everywhere. Available 24-7 at AccuWeather.com. Looking like a high of 91 degrees, Don. There are there is the chance for some relief, not from the temperatures, but maybe from the dry conditions, right right, over the next few days.
5: Yeah, and and really, I think tonight's going to be the best shot at it. Uh, We're expecting a line of storms to move in from uh, eastern Kansas, northeast Oklahoma. And those will be moving in sometime between midnight and 4 a.m. And they are expected to be severe as they push into Missouri. This is a line that's expected to maintain its strength all the way into the Show Me State with some damaging winds of 60 to 70 miles per hour, hail up to the size of quarters. Uh, Really not much of a tornado threat with this. I don't think that's a big concern. But, yes, we could get some good rain out of that. And then uh, by the time the storms get to Springfield, it looks like they will begin to weaken but, of course, uh, any watches or warnings, we'll make sure we pass those along to you throughout the uh, nighttime hours on KWTO.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, indeed. Yeah, we'll continue to monitor that throughout the week. Uh, folks, this is the first, I mean, it's been warm. It hasn't been chilly, okay? We we did have a, I would say, moderate spring. We had some a lot of cool days in there. We had plenty of rain and definitely in April, a little bit of uh, decent rain in May. J- June kind of dried out. We haven't gotten near the century mark yet, and we're going to hit the century mark possibly this week. It looks like maybe on Thursday and Friday. Uh, so, look, and it's going to be breezy, and so it's going to be windy and hot, which makes you really dehydrated really fast, even if you're not out running marathons, okay? So, drink plenty of water. Stay in the shade if you can. Remain inside if you can. Check on your seniors, your elderly, those who have you know uh, compromised health conditions keep the pets inside uh, this too shall pass because look' were, the forecast is potentially a hundred on Thursday and Friday then we drop back into the 80s on Saturday and hopefully some more rain It looks like there's some more rain potentially in the forecast that's where that break comes from and then next week it kind of moderates out low 90s I mean that, it's July you know and so that's what it's supposed to be so Hopefully this 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 major spike in the heat is short lived, but uh, you never know, right? It's always 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 incompletely changing. Uh, all right, let's um let's get to the rest of the show. We've got uh, <coughs> so interesting turn of events with Prigozhin and the Wagner Group and Putin. So I think Paul may have been right. I think so. Prigozhin, let's remember. Purgosian was not necessarily wanting to like he he wasn't going to take over Russia. OK, let's be honest about that. That was not going to happen. Purgosian was upset at the um, I think the defense minister. He had a beef with the defense minister because the defense minister apparently if I think it was the defense minister, it was somebody below Putin that Purgosian had a problem with and. He had a problem with them because this person, Purgosian, believed had caused some casualties in the Wagner group that they had been fired upon. So, you know, Purgosian's beef was not necessarily with Putin, but more with somebody below him. So that's why he was like, "Okay, enough of this. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to stomp back to Moscow. And so he made a he made a show of doing that and he was making his way there. But suddenly he stopped this. all And by the way, folks, all of this happened in like 12 hours. So and the media was like, oh. There's, you know, all the, all the, all the people who just think that Putin is the cause of the, the entire globe's problems. Look, Putin's a bad dude, right? As Joe Biden would say about corn pop, Putin is a bad dude. Uh, I've never said Putin's not a bad dude. Putin's a horrible person. He's KGB, okay? He's ruthless. He's a dictator. But he's not the cause of the entire globe's problems, right? There's other people out there that help, right? Like Kim Jong Un, uh, Little Rocket Man, like President Xi, right? Uh, you know, like others that want, you know, the, how about the mullahs in Iran? We never talk about anybody it, with, with the left. It's just Putin, 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 Putin. Okay. So Purgosian was not going to overthrow Putin. Let's just be honest about that. He was mad at the guy below Putin. So he makes a show of things, but Putin, of course, probably gets bothered by this. He's like, Ooh, this is not a good look. How am I going to deal with this? So Putin deals with Purgosian and basically, you know, apparently P- Purgosian also made off with billions of dollars from some source. Some say it was the Ukrainians. It may have been Putin. And suddenly the Wagner group stops its march. All that happened in 12 hours. And so everybody who thinks that they knew what happened here, they are wrong. Dan Bongino was talking about this the other day. It was like the Dan Bongino rule is when something as complicated as this happens on the international stage, how about we all just take a breath and see what the next 24, 48, 72 hours hold for us. And that's what we should definitely do here because now the headlines this morning are jet linked to Prigozhin arrives in Belarus. Wagner Group chief says exactly what I just I just said this. I didn't read this headline yet. I just said this. Wagner Group chief says the purported mutiny <coughs> was just a, quote, protest. Yeah, they were mad at this dude below Putin. So they made a big show of things. Putin realized they weren't screwing around, <coughs> but he diffused the situation. Prigozhin is now in Belarus, and I guess the new chief of the mercenaries will now lead them, I guess. And the whole thing, <coughs> excuse me, the whole thing is definitely not what the media originally reported, which was there was going to be this giant mutiny current state precaution. So always take a deep breath on it. Complicated international foreign affairs before you jump to conclusions. I did not get into why Hunter Biden is being deposed. OK, how about I do that at 835? I promise at 835, why Hunter Biden is being deposed on Thursday. And according to the Federalist, here's what he should be asked under oath. Got to get to a break now. It's 8.15 here in the Heartland, zipping through a fantastic, glorious Tuesday morning here in the Heartland. We've got Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, coming up next to talk to us about everything that we need to know from Philosopher Land, courtesy of our one and only Philosopher-in-Chief, Gabe Pfeiffer. After Don Luzader's traffic, next at 93.3 AM 560. KWTO.
0: Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center.
5: Well, it looks like uh, they are about to get that crash cleared up on... Uh, Highway 65 northbound past Sunshine. In fact, now emergency vehicles have been moved out of the way and traffic is flowing once again. So that has just reopened here in the last few minutes. Uh, A little bit slow going traffic for northbound traffic uh, just to the north of uh, Sunshine.
0: Traffickers and violent criminals. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yeah, take my horse through the old town road. I'm
4: going to ride till I can't no more. I'm going to take my
8: horse through the old town road. I'm going to yeah. ride till I can't no
6: more. I got the horses in the back.
7: Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it. AM
3: 560 KWTO. We're working on getting Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, on the phone. I did confirm him last night, so uh, we are ready for him. Uh, Just give me a second. I will have to text him. All right, very good. We'll see if we can get Gabe Pfeiffer on with us in just a second. Uh, I wanted to talk to Gabe about that. Can you believe Admiral Levine there? Admiral Levine says... Admiral Levine, the, I mean, come on, folks. That, we're supposed to believe that that's a woman? No. As Matt Walsh asks, what is a woman? You know, so Matt Walsh asked the question that he made an entire documentary out of. What is a woman? Admiral Levine, that is not a woman. You can cancel me. You can try to remove me. You can try to, whatever you want to do, uh, it's not a woman. The National Review uh, engage in a fight on this. The preposterous idea that our would-be arbiters of taste have dreamed up and voiced them on the public that biological sex is an arbitrary social construct. Not true. National Reviews fight in that fight and so is our next guest.
1: Three, two,
3: one. Gabe Pfeiffer at John Philosopher on Twitter. Also St. John the Philosopher the YouTube channel. And
1: liftoff of the Falcon 9 and upgraded cargo dragon.
3: We know What orientation all of these these organizations
2: are. They're just Marxist fronts for trying to uproot uh, American life. He's kind of
7: a
3: mission impossible kind of guy.
7: The real goal of everything that they're doing is is an
2: acquisition of power. Your go for section six when ready. Report go for launch.
3: As he does on Tuesday mornings, Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher, at John Philosopher on Twitter. Also, St. John the Philosopher is the Rumble and or YouTube channel where you can find all of Gabe's prognostications, and they are fantastic indeed. Gabe, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning, indeed. Uh, Gabe, um, Admiral Rachel Levine, Gabe, says it's not enough to have an entire month dedicated to left-wing lunacy and shoving genitalia into the face of children. We need to have an entire summer. Love this crazy cockamamie stuff, Gabe. What say you?
7: <laughs> well, uh, one thing that we've learned from the uh, the the Alphabet Mafia, as I like to call them, is that nothing is ever going to be enough. Uh, you know, I, I remember back in the day uh, when the the fight was about keeping us uh, crazy uh, uh, straight people out of their bedroom. You know, get your laws out of my bedroom. This is a right to privacy. I can do uh, whatever I want with it. Remember when that was the refrain, it was just stay out of my bedroom. And, uh, we were happy to, we were very happy to stay out of your bedroom. And at this point, you know, we're the ones who have to say, get out of my face and stay out of the face of our children. And, uh, that that's kind of where we are right now. Nothing is ever going to be enough for the extremists over there in the, uh, in the alphabet mafia. And sadly, uh, even the, the otherwise reasonable, People who identify with the LGBTQ community—they're—they're uh they're, they're too scared into silence to say anything about the extremists who walk around naked, high-fiving uh, children on the road.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Gabe. When they say, when when they say out of. Gabe, they never mean what they say, right? The opposite, as our yeah. good friend Vic Porcelli says, is always true. No, we don't want to groom your children. No, we're not coming for your children. But, Gabe, at their events, they literally say those words. The chant over the weekend that we played yesterday here on our airwaves was, we're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And then, Gabe, if, if, if you want to say, oh, they're just teasing. That's just figures of speech. They're just trying to be funny because they, they're just making fun of all of us crazy righties who are accusing them of that. But then, Gabe, words are one thing, but then look at their actions. Their actions then bear all of that out. And children, and Gabe, shame on these parents who are even bringing these children Absolutely. to these parades. When did we become such ridiculous provocateurs? Yeah, it's really crazy where we've gotten to at this point, And I... I- I don't
7: understand the parents who want to stand in solidarity, I guess, with their intersectional allies over there, uh, and, and, they, and they expose their children to all sorts of depravity like this. But um, here's, here's one thing that I always uh, find interesting when, when looking at the, uh, the conduct of the LGBT community uh, at large, is that um, while they, they constantly want to make these comparisons to the civil rights fight of the 1960s for uh, uh, um, uh, black emancipation from Jim Crow and all these other... Uh, segregationist sort of laws. Um, they, they they always want to make these connections, which I resent, by the way. Um, but they, they never look at the, the difference in their, uh, their their protest style. Um, the point of the, the nonviolent protest that Martin Luther King uh, uh, led were to show America that, hey, we are like you. Uh, you know, you had a whole bunch of black people come out in, uh, in their Sunday best. They were singing hymns, the same type of hymns, that maybe white uh, uh, white families would sing on Sundays at their churches. Uh, they would uh, conduct themselves in a very honorable manner. They they would they would be um, uh, very very peaceful in their demeanor. So when the cops came through with their horses and their dogs and their fire hoses, then the people watching the white people who never really interacted with black people before understood that wait a minute those people are like me and they're being mistreated and and, and the point was made and uh, and change came. When, when you have uh, the LGBT community who resents the, the, um, uh, the stereotypes of them being degenerates and, and, uh, and uh, being uh, overly concerned with sexuality and being oppressed to children, you know, they, they take all of those stereotypes and they amplify them. They do everything they can to make them uh, the, the forefront of their public faith. Well, what are we supposed to think at this point? No, you're mm-hmm. not like us. Mm-hmm. Yes, you mm-hmm. yes, you do fit all of the stereotypes we have for you. So, you, you know what? Don't, don't blame us for the fact that you have lived up to every negative stereotype we had for you. So, guess what? That's The consequence is on you.
3: Yes, could not agree more. Folks, we're speaking to Gabe Pfeiffer, a.k.a. St. John the Philosopher. He's at John Philosopher on Twitter. St. John the Philosopher is the YouTube and Rumble channels that you can check out as well. Gabe, um, what do you think about the latest revelations that seem to be coming? I mean, I'll tell you what, Gabe, I don't remember a time where so much negative information has come out regarding the Biden criminal crime family. And Gabe, this is with a media that is more than happy to cover for Joe Biden at every single turn of the screw. But yet, Gabe, despite the fact that you have... A one nearly 100 percent attack Republican media always take care of the left and the Democrats and the current current Democrat in power. But yet, Gabe, these stories keep coming and it's starting to not just be a drip drip, but be a steady stream. Do you think that there's a possibility here that the media may finally realize they need to take out the messenger, rhetorically speaking, of course, the Biden family, in order to protect the message of left wing liberalism?
7: That's a really good question. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering uh, at what point the dam will break on this whole thing because uh, you know we've seen that uh, sometimes the, the the Democrats take the L. Right? They they look at their candidates. They say this person is actually a liability. We need to throw them under the bus in order to save the bus, basically. Um, and uh, you know we've seen that with uh, uh, Giuliani or not uh, Giuliani. Um, what's his name from uh, New York? Um, uh, can't remember Cuomo. Uh, Cuomo, Cuomo, Cuomo. Yes, we've seen it Cuomo. With Cuomo. Yeah. we see that. Cuomo, we we see we've seen it with uh, other other figures. Yeah, you're right. They say you know what we we have we have to get rid of them in order to save the, the larger group here. So I'm wondering if that time will ever come. We know it has not come with somebody like Hillary Clinton, even though uh, she's she's proven to be I, I think a net negative uh, for for Democrats. But um, you know that that may be because uh, you know she she she's got sort of, of damnically Hanging over anybody who's got the information on her, uh, but uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, maybe in this case though the Biden administration may not have that sort of use, and they may find themselves uh, with with tire tracks on the face. But I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm hoping for sure that uh, he gets his comeuppance because absolutely he deserves justice to, uh, to come to him for pretty much the greatest scandal in in, uh, in presidential history, as far as I'm concerned but um mm-hmm. yeah we'll, well we'll just we'll just have to wait and see where the democrats take this cuz sadly i think they're driving the bus
3: right now mm-hmm. G- gabe is is the is the is the uh the 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 national the national uh you know the the fact that hunter biden okay so the laptop and all of the different uh complicating factors regarding the biden family and their dealings With around the water, world uh, all, and, and all very complicated, right, Gabe? Really hard for people who are trying to run businesses and families and live the American dream to put all the dots together. That's what you and I and, and others uh, do on the radio every day to explain this all, right? But the fact that the son of the president gets a sweetheart deal while all this nefarious stuff is swirling around them, is that something, Gabe, where the American people can finally sit up and take notice and go, you know what? No, that's not right. What say you? Uh, if the
7: GOP were smart, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure they are, uh, huh. but uh, they would use this. They would use this as outreach, um, especially for communities that may not uh, typically vote Republican. Um, they would they would have commercials showing um, uh, Mr. White privilege himself, uh, Hunter Biden, at state dinners yes. while these charges hang over his head. They would be talking about how uh, uh, several rappers spent three years in prison. For the same type of gun charge that he got yes. off, on. they would they mm-hmm. would bring up uh, Wesley Snipes uh, doing doing prison time for tax evasion in the same type of case that Hunter Biden uh, is getting off on. They would they would make the case that look all all of the things that they say that they believe in they don't when it comes to their own their own little uh, cabal there, and they would make that point to the American people in as pointed way as they can, uh, using using leftist tactics against them. And uh if, if if they don't do that I don't know why anybody should give them money ever
3: again. I agree with you on that. Yeah, there goes Whitey getting off Scot free again. Yep, exactly, Gabe. Yep. I think I think Absolutely. I think you're right. Run all those commercials you can in suburban and urban America and show that the t- show people what we mean by the two tiers of justice. That's for sure. <laughs> Gabe, thanks so much as always for the insight and analysis and the fun along the way at John Philosopher, St. John the Philosopher, the Rumble, and YouTube channels. Gabe, have a great day, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. God bless you too, as well. Gabe's got some great stuff, folks. By the way, seriously, go to St. John the Philosopher on YouTube. All right. Gen um, <clears throat> Saki, Gen Saki's back. Oh God, I. I I miss Circle Back Saki. Maybe we'll have to play a little Saki clip here where she talks about how Joe, oh my goodness, they, I mean, just saying the quiet parts out loud every single day now, aren't they? We'll be back with that and why Hunter Biden is being deposed and what he should be asked. After Don Luzader's local news update, 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3
0: and AM 560 KWTO news.
5: WTO news time is 8.32 in Springfield. We have 70 degrees already. We're on our way to a high today of 91 degrees. And we do expect showers and even some severe thunderstorms to push into southwest Missouri late tonight into the overnight hours. National Weather Service's areas from Joplin to Neosho and Anderson are under a level three enhanced risk for damaging wind gusts of 60 to 70 miles per hour. And quarter size hail Springfield and Branson have a level two slight risk. The storms are expected to weaken as they track north of Springfield. We'll have any watches for warnings and storm reports right here on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Firefighters in Mountain Grove had to evacuate an entire block due to a natural gas problem.
6: The fire department says on Facebook that a ruptured gas line caused an explosion in a detached garage at a funeral home parking lot at Main Avenue and 3rd Street. Fire crews were extinguishing the home when natural gas began filling some of the buildings in the area. They asked people to evacuate the area. The Mountain Grove Fire Department says that fire is under control. Crews are cleaning up the area. Brian Housewood, Zimmer News Network.
5: Also today, Missouri receiving $1.7 billion in broadband expansion money from the federal government. That money will come from the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program. Americans,
8: someone do something about
0: it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO.
1: There's one president who values uh, our national security and protects documents, protects mm-hmm. uh, our secrets, and there's
3: another former president and candidate who doesn't. <laughs> Did she really say that? So who is she referring to? It can't be Joe Biden. Is she referring to RFK Jr.? Maybe that's who she was talking about. Yeah, that's probably it. I'm sure she was talking. Of course, she was talking about her old boss. That was Jen. That was old circle back there. Circling back to tell us that there's one president, ladies and gentlemen, who values our national security and another president who doesn't. So is she referring to the president? Who was the vice president, who was a senator, who while he was a senator took classified documents when he had no right to do so? Look, it is arguable that the case against Donald Trump is complete puppycock, that it's completely fabricated, like everything else that they've thrown at Donald Trump. You may love or hate Donald Trump, but do we have to continue to fabricate crimes against him? It's going to destroy the Republic. It's tearing this country apart at the seams because they hate Trump. They don't like Trump. You know why they don't like Trump? Look, ultimately, It has nothing to do with his personality. It has nothing to do with his bombast. It has nothing to do with his alleged misogyny, homophobia, sexism, racism, blah, 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 blah. It has to do with the fact that Donald Trump started to take down the deep state. He exposed the dysfunction in Washington, D.C. He proved to the American people that your tax dollars are no longer being used to represent you, to make this country great, keep it great, make it great again, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. Your tax dollars were being used against you. Your tax dollars were being used to investigate you. Your tax dollars were being used to weaponize government against you, right? That's what, that's why Donald Trump has to be taken down. And the next Republican who picks up that mantle of Reagan, of Trump, of name your favorite former Republican president, they'll attack that person as well. Show me the man, the Republican president, and I'll show you the crime. It doesn't have to be Trump. It can be DeSantis. It can be Tim Scott. It can be Vivek Ramaswamy. It can be Nikki Haley. doesn't matter. Show me the person. Show me the Republican. That's what the phrase should be. Show me the Republican and I'll show you the crime. Then, oh, but the Democrats never get charged with anything. Yeah, because they own the deep state. When you own... When you own the the uh, the entire mechanism of the law enforcement process process. Heck, yeah, you're not going to get charged. Look at Hunter Biden because they own the entire machinery of federal law enforcement and they couldn't avoid doing anything with Hunter Biden. So they gave him the lightest rap on the knuckles ever. Well, he's going to have a deposition. (coughs) Hunter Biden is Thursday. Hunter Biden is going to face hours of questioning under oath on Thursday when he sits for a deposition in a civil case. Oh, I love that. In a civil case, you can run the gamut because it's a civil case. And his attorneys will object to a lot of stuff, but he's going to be forced to answer these questions either under deposition or later because they'll preserve that record and they'll go to the judge and they'll make him answer these questions. I used to do these cases all the time, not against Hunter Biden, but I used to do civil depositions all the time. I did criminal depositions too. But in a civil deposition, so this is a case brought by the owner of the computer repair shop. Remember that guy? Remember that great American? Hunter Biden abandoned his computer there. This guy is now being sued and he countersued. The deposition represents the first time. Do you believe that, folks? That's how, talk about white privilege. This deposition will be the first time Given everything that Hunter Biden has been alleged to be involved in, he's never set for a deposition. I'm sure he's been asked, and I'm sure uh, his father's team of lawyers have prevented that from occurring. That's just my supposition. But this deposition is the first time that Hunter Biden will be forced to confirm he owned the laptop that contained a catch of emails incriminating the Biden family in a pay-to-play scandal. So Hunter Biden, under oath, is going to be asked. Is this your laptop? And then you know what? We don't have to guess anymore. We don't have to rely on the New York Times or the Washington Post to tell us it was part of a Russian disinformation scandal and scheme. We're going to know once and for all. Now, it's already basically been admitted, but now the guy who owns it is going to have to testify as to that. And then everything on that laptop is fair game. Federalist goes on to say, unlike the criminal investigation into his conduct, his father's administration won't be able to protect him this time. Last October, John Paul MacIsaac, the owner of the computer repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware, where Hunter Biden abandoned his, quote, laptop from hell, filed suit against Hunter Biden, among others, alleging defamation. Hunter's attorneys countered with claims against Isaac, alleging the store owner had committed invasion of privacy by sharing the data recovered from laptop and filing the counterclaim in the answer and defenses to MacIsaac's defamation lawsuit, Hunter claimed he lacked knowledge sufficient to admit or deny the allegations that the laptop was his and that he had dropped it off at the pressure. So, Hunter, let me get this straight. You can't have this both ways. You can't say that you're being defamed because of information on the laptop and then but also say on the other side of your mouth that it's not your laptop. It's one or the other. Either you're being defamed by the information on the laptop because it's your laptop or it's not your laptop. Understand? On Thursday, however, Hunter will be under oath. And will be unable to allow his attorneys to obfuscate on his behalf. One of the first questions posed to the president's son will be whether he left the MacBook at the repair shop and signed the agreement which said, quote, equipment left with the Mac shop after 90 days of notification of completed service will be treated as abandoned and you agree to hold the shop harmless for any damage or loss to property. That's true in most states, folks. Missouri has a very similar law on abandoned property. Why? Because what is the store owner supposed to do with your crap, right? They, they don't have a responsibility to keep your crap forever. Otherwise, they'd have to rent a storage unit to keep your crap in. So we have an, a, people are like, well, that's not fair. Well, then don't leave your crap somewhere for more than three months. I don't know what to tell you. Go get your crap back if you want your crap. OK, otherwise, it's considered abandoned property. Hunter Biden's high priced lawyers will do all they can to keep Hunter from providing substantive responses. The president's son will likely trot out. I don't remember. Quite a bit, so then he can't be caught in a perjury trap. But unlike the journalists interviewing Hunter, Mac Isaacs' attorney Brian Delaroca will probe the matter further. Is this your signature? They'll show him. They'll show him the thing that Biden signed. There was a form with Biden's signature. Is this your signature? Does it look like your signature? Did you have a MacBook? Did it have a Biden Foundation sticker on it? Did it break? Did you ever visit this area of Wilmington? What about this store? Where'd you live at the time? If an expert identifies, is this your signature? Do you have any basis? See, those are the kind of questions I would ask in a deposition. These are the kind of questions that Brian De La Roca will ask as well. They're going to hammer him. Now, he will likely be told, don't answer the questions. Say, I don't remember. Obfuscate as much as possible. You know what's going to happen then? De La Roca will file a motion with the court and they'll go before a judge and Della Roca will give a list of all the questions that Hunter Biden claimed he couldn't answer, and the judge will force him to answer. And the only acceptable answer then will be, I don't remember. So is that going to be a good answer to, is this your signature? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, see, there's certain things you're not going to be able to say I don't remember to. Did you ever own a MacBook? I don't remember. See, then it becomes completely unbelievable. Then your counterclaims that Hunter Biden filed will get dismissed he's going to have his you-know-whats in a ringer over the next couple days during this deposition. And I hope they turn the screw really, really tight. Folks, this case, which is not being covered by the media at all, you always have to ask yourself these days, why is the media not covering something? Why is the national corporate media not covering the deposition of the son of the president who was just implicated in several federal felonies where he got a sweetheart deal to why are they not covering this case? Because, folks, I'm not saying it will, but this case could be the watershed moment that takes down the entire Biden criminal crime cartel. Time will tell whether I'm right or wrong. Usually more right than wrong. All right, we're going to get to our final break of the morning. The morning dump is next. Don Kass and I delivering you all the news we may have not gotten a that we may not have gotten to that you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO.
0: Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center.
3: We're down to one non-injury crash
5: out there this morning. It is at Walnut and Kentwood in Springfield, otherwise bright set 933 and AM560. By the
7: Payne's Island, we are a part of
5: the problem. KWTO.
0: You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560
4: KWTO. When my works, the shift all
1: it's time for
3: The The Morning, morning Dump. Hey, the market's just opened. Uh, they've been open about 20 minutes. Dow Jones up 77 points. the NASDAQ up 68, recovering from a few down days over the last few days, but the market up generally eh, well enough, I mean, or still kind of, you know we had a we had a bear market. We had a brief bull market. Now people are saying there's a recession still coming ahead. I mean, we've been talking about a potential recession for like forever now. I feel like we've just been in one, and they just haven't wanted to admit it. Uh, welcome back, 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Time for the morning dump. Don, the Springfield School Board is considering a new pay plan for employees tonight. What's yes. that all about?
5: Well, the uh, Deputy Superintendent of Operations, Dr. John Mulford, says if the plan is approved, all Springfield school employees will get a cost of living raise of at least 3%. He says the district is targeting a salary of $43,200 for beginning teachers. The average beginning pay for teachers in Missouri right now is a little over 34000 which is the lowest in the nation. So $43,200 for beginning teachers. And then all employees with the district getting a at least a 3% cost of living increase. Again, that's going to be voted on tonight by the Springfield School Board.
3: Mm-hmm. And, Don, Springfield City Council news as well. A development was approved. That's kind of news in and of itself, Don, <laughs> considering the fact that every time there's yeah. a development up, we have a huge controversy there about it. always <laughs>
5: resistance. Well, this one got approved. The uh, City Council uh-huh. has approved the preliminary plat of Sunshine Town Center Subdivision. This is over at 3444 West Sunshine. That development includes a commercial area for several businesses and features a 150,000-square-foot retail building. Target, uh, this is what we talked about Target expanding in Springfield. They may be putting another location in that building. So uh, out on uh, Sunshine over near West Bypass is what we're talking about with this uh, town center subdivision.
3: Mm -hmm. Very good indeed. Cash, you got anything for the good of the order here? I do.
1: High drama in the Republican presidential race. (laughs) Apparently, the Republican Women's Club on the East Coast, one of the states there, is not happy with DeSantis because they invited Trump to one of their events. And on the same day, at the same time, 40 miles away, DeSantis has an event as well. And they asked DeSantis to reschedule his event (laughs)
3: Ooh. And he said, no. He
1: said, I'm working mm-hmm. just as hard as Donald Trump. So uh, high drama.
3: Definitely in DD. Uh, Where did you say that was? Was that in Illinois?
1: No, East Coast, um, like around the Connecticut area. One was oh, in oh, one oh, state, oh. one was in the other, but they were only like 40 miles The
3: real away. East Coast. I thought you were yeah. like the East Coast of Missouri, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, the real East Coast. All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of the East Coast, um, so – I could get somebody who is 1 degree of separation from Donald Trump if you guys want me to. Uh Billy Long. I know. <laughs> yeah, Billy Long. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yes, yes. <clears throat> That's true. <clears throat> That's true. That's very true, but how about Trump's um senior advisor who runs who used to run the New Hampshire Republican Party. So, Steve Stepanik is a good friend of mine. He runs the New Hampshire center Right meeting, like I run the Missouri center Right meeting, and so I see him quite a bit. He is, I mean, think about that. That's the second contest in the country, and that's the first primary. So I just, I I got a blurb today about Trump announcing his New Hampshire grassroots leadership team, and my buddy Steve has a quote in the press release. Steve says, once again, once again, President Trump has demonstrated his commitment to helping grow the Republican grassroots in New Hampshire. From his repeated visits to the state to his willingness to headline the most successful fundraiser for the New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women tomorrow. Speaking of Republican women cast, President Trump has shown he respects and cares for the heart and soul of the New Hampshire Republican Party. So if you guys want, I could reach out to Steve. He is like one heartbeat away from Donald Trump. That's a good question, though, about Billy. Is Billy going to get involved in the race? He's probably listening right now. He may or may not text us about this. Do you think he's going to he was very involved? Last time, the last two times, he was very involved and he loves to tell the story about the fact that he was the first congressman in the country to endorse Donald Trump back in 2016. You guys think he's going to be like auctioneers for Trump or former congressman for Trump or Southwest Missourians for Trump or anything like that? You think he's going to jump in? think he's going to be involved.
5: I do. I think he'll support him in a major way.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he may very well. And when he does, we'll have him on. We'll have him on. Whenever he's, Billy, whenever you're ready to make that announcement about what you're going to be doing for 2024, you know, you need to give us a call first. Uh, <clears throat> hey, on the, <clears throat> on the non-political front. So, um, you know how I am, um, my family would say obsessed with, um, these giant new Oasis, highway Oasis truck stops and, uh, auto refueling stations. Um like Bucky's, right? It's being built. Mm-hmm. So very excited about the Bucky's in Springfield. I have visited a Bucky's a couple times in Tennessee. Um there's a huge one on Interstate Four down in Florida in between um oh in between where's the battleship uh Mobile. <laughs> Mobile, Alabama. Uh in between Mobile, Alabama and Pensacola not Pensacola, in between Mobile, Alabama and Tallahassee. There is a huge Bucky's. So I went to, I really haven't, I, I've stopped there once or twice, but not really at a time where I could like wander around. So we have a Wally's up near the St. Louis region, and there's another one in Pontiac, Illinois. These are kind of like Bucky's competitors. There's only two of them right now. There's one in Pontiac, Illinois, and there's one in Fenton, Missouri, right off of Interstate 44. So for all of you who drive to Cardinals games, if you drive up 44, this Wally's is right at the intersection where the giant Chrysler plant used to be, right across the highway from Fabic, which is the giant, you know, the Caterpillar. So the Bulls Avenue exit there? The The Bulls Avenue exit, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So anybody, anybody from this part of the world who's ever gone to a Cardinals game or anything in St. Louis, you know what I'm talking about. So I stopped on Sunday when I finally had some time and I got gas, and I just walked in Wally's, and I just wandered around. Let me tell you, I love places like (laughs) Wally's and Bucky's. I could just, I could like live there. I mean, they had this giant beer locker I wandered in because it was mainly because it was hot outside, and I was like, oh, it feels good in here, and uh, they've got a wall of jerky. They have an entire wall of beef and turkey jerky. They've got every beverage you could ever buy from non-alcoholic to Alcoholic and everywhere in between. They have like have a mini grocery store. They're making popcorn. Wow. They have fresh sandwiches coming off the deli, just like Bucky's, pretty much exactly like Bucky's, just a different brand, different competitor. But I'm like, this is America. And in fact, (laughs) Bucky's tagline, I'm sorry, Wally's tagline is the Great American Road Trip or something like that. It's like the Great American Road Trip starts here. So Great American Adventure starts here. That's like their uh, their tagline. So, Yep. That's America to me. It's 8.58 here in the Heartland. Your morning dump is complete. Now that we've taken care of business, we're going to let you off to the rest of your day. We've got the Gary Dolan Show coming up next, followed by Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. The Dan Bongino program never missed that with his insight analysis. The Elijah Har show, 4 to 6 p.m. Joe Paggs, Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. Everything can always be found at 93.3 AM 560. KW committed to serving our local communities by providing local
0: accurate reliable news you can count on as it happens get the latest news weather and traffic from our trusted news team of brian houseworth don luzader
7: and john marsh keeping our commitment to serving you with information you want news you need We.